Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about why more nerfs coming in Shadowkeep. A lot of things are getting toned down. I don't want to speak to why this is happening. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live, twitch.tv slash rage. Probably live right now, so click the link below if you want to come hang out with us live. Hit and like and subscribe is another free and easy way to support me. So we kind of got into this in one of my Q&A sessions, and I thought, you know what, this would be a good video all by itself. I don't want to walk through each individual change in the game. I'm going to give you a flyover of what they're changing with respect to super regeneration, the percentage changes that they're adjusting. And I want to talk about the thought behind this, why I think this is actually really, really important. This is not a video where I'm, yay, nerfs, nerfs are great. I know people are kind of coming at me pretty hard about some of the nerf videos I put out about Well of Radiance and other things because I felt like they were really necessary. My recent Pinnacle video, you know, Pinnacle weapon problem video a lot of people are like i can't believe you're wanting to take away strong weapons i oh you're going to go back to year one that's not what i'm arguing for nobody actually listens to the videos if they think i'm saying that i'm arguing for things to be adjusted tuned as well as buffed if needed so that we continue to feel powerful without everything being coming so predictable so that's why this video i think and that's why these changes are so important so first i'm going to say what's happening i'm going to give you the flyover what's happening with these nerfs second i'm going to answer the question why why would they be doing this what what would be the point of making us feel weaker and lowering super regeneration and lastly i'm really going to caution us to wait wait and experiment because there's a lot of big changes coming in shadow keep so first what are they doing out of the gate i already have a video about this people are unhappy (coughs) excuse me but it was definitely needed well of radiance and the barricade are getting toned down they're not getting killed i think it's important to note that they're not getting absolutely killed and murdered they're getting toned down they're still going to increase reload speed but they're not going to be auto reloading everything constantly for you i thought that was a good change so that's one adjustment that some would say is a nerf i don't think it's as severe as some are making it now secondly and this is the one that when you first start seeing these reductions you might say what on earth are you doing why are you nerfing us why are you taking so much away they're going to be reducing how much super energy you get from certain things so orbs that are on the ground whether they're from the masterwork guns or orbs from supers they're going to give you 50% of what they used to give you so whatever they used to give you it's been cut in half and I know that masterwork orbs didn't give a lot to begin with and then super orbs were pretty good they're getting chopped in half and then kills and assists also gave you different amounts those are getting chopped at 25% of what by, by 25% so they're going to be like 75% of what they used to offer you so getting kills and assists in crucible is going to slow down orbs that your teammates are making in crucible this affects everything so you're going to be you're going to be getting less super energy from both kills and assists as well as from orbs that are on the ground uh, there's also like we said the two types of orbs masterwork and super now keep in mind there's also subclass changes that you know they're toning some things down they're making things that might feel like all oh, that they're, they're make they're taking away our buff debuff stacking abilities this is ridiculous and making us weaker they're also taking some of the subclasses and giving them buffs they're leveling them up we haven't seen quite everything yet they said they made changes to almost all the void subclasses so i think we need to wait a little bit before we start to see these things on the ground a lot of the changes they made to the subclasses looked really really good and positive to me making like the devour nova stronger stronger for example i thought was a pretty good change i don't want to go through every single subclass change though if you want to read through all that it's on bungie.net it doesn't sound like they're just hacking away at everything strong and making it weaker they're doing a mixture of things which i think is really important so let's transition to why they're doing this why would they make us get less super energy why would they make us feel weaker we got to remember something here armor 2.0 
is going to give us more influence over our power and our loadout than we've ever had before. You're going to be able to influence your stats in a more intentional way than you ever could in D1 and then you ever could in D2. Like you could grind for tier 12 builds in D1, but now you're going to have a whole lot more control over getting to that quote unquote tier 12 build. It's not going to be called a tier 12 build anymore, but you're going to have far more control over that. And they had to give us a good floor that kind of lower everything down to this floor with respect to super energy, how strong and powerful we feel with, you know, grenade launchers in a well and never having to reload. We're not sure what they're doing to weapons just yet. That's coming this week. I'm recording this on September the 9th, so keep in mind there's going to be a TWAB in a couple of days that's going to address changes to weapons. They said, you know, more in the mag for the Sunshot, and Graviton Lance is getting a huge buff in PvE. We don't know what else they're doing. They might be tweaking and adjusting things. You know, Dylan said the grenade launchers were not in the patch notes when he did a search for it, so they're going untouched, it seems. I'm hoping that, you know, machine guns and some other things get some treatment. So... The other thing that's really important to note here is something that Luke Smith said in one of his director's cuts that might have went unnoticed by a lot of people, and I've tried to highlight it. The max amount of intellect you're going to be able to have is 100 intellect. So when your intellect is at 100, that's going to be the maximum amount of influence you can have over the timer, the specific timer of super regeneration. Now, obviously on top of that is orbs that you collect and other things as well as like hands-on or heavy lifting. Those can go on your class item now, not your helmet. We saw that in the one video. And you can actually get to 100 intellect without mods. This was something that you know Luke tried to highlight. You could go for god roll armor stats if you really want to like have it weigh heavily on intellect to give yourself the fastest possible floor of super regeneration. That is possible without a single mod. So with the right stats and the right farming and the right the right tenacity, you could get a really really strong build with just that. And that needs to be on the forefront of our minds that we are in more control of that now, and they had to give us a floor to build upon. If they left everything as is, their private testing and their simulations probably found that people were getting absurd amounts of super energy over and over and over again. Because you got to remember, they're still, I, they, they're seemingly not changing the exotics that feed a super. I thought they were going to do that. Those are still in play as well, because you've got you know phoenix protocol and then you got bad juju there's going to be a lot of ways to really really feed your super energy in addition to maxing out your intellect and running things like heavy lifting and hands-on there's also another piece of this that a lot of people i think are forgetting about that we haven't even used yet the finishers the finishing moves consume super Okay, and consuming half of your super to give your entire team heavy ammo, and I think including yourself, is is what we saw in the one video. That's a massive amount of influence over your team's power output, and they need it again to bring the floor down. We're going to have more influence over the flow of ammo, over the flow of combat, and over the flow of our super and our builds, and they need to kind of bring things down. And I think that's something we've got to remember when we see these nerfs. Bungie can see further down the field than us because they've done testing internally they're not just making us weak I think they're actually going to make us stronger in our own way and through intentionality so let's just end by saying wait I think this is really the important mentality to take here when these changes get announced I usually get pretty ticked off when I see nerfs, the machine gun nerf, the whisper nerf different things like that tend to really tick me off so I'm not a fan of nerfs I'm not sitting here you know, waving the banner flag for yeah more nerfs Bungie nerf us a bunch, that's not what I'm doing I'm trying to give us perspective about our own influence over the flow of combat, ammo, and power, and supers, and how 
that needs to be in a context where it's felt. And what I mean is this. Power is best felt when we feel challenged. Number one, that's something that needs to change. Your power as a player, I think, is best felt when you feel challenged. The example I gave was, if I handed you a weapon that could one-shot everything in Destiny, including bosses, you could argue from a technical aspect that's very powerful. It's one-shotting everything. Its damage output's dumb. But that power is not felt. It would be very neutered and boring. It would almost numb you to the power because nothing's challenging you. So at one level, power is best felt when we are challenged. At another level, power is best felt when we are contributing to it. And when you go into your build and with intentionality, you're adjusting. You're having an impact over power with your choices as a player, with your builds, with your with your your mod slotting with your pursuits you know finally finding that pair of gauntlets or that helmet or that chest piece that lands your stats right where you want them i think that is when power is best felt so those two things really need to bang on all cylinders right now we tend to go into content go with the tried and true god tier build and we just melt bosses we're not challenged there's not a lot of variety in builds i mean i was playing reckoning and i was super thankful we had somebody with well of radiance because then i could run a nova build i was running you know the the, the helmet the Nesserex helmet that gives you like ener- you know super energy and, and, and ability energy from getting kills with void and i was running recluse and that was really fun i feel like that's a glimpse into sort of the future of where they're trying to take this where we have more influence over our 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 build and then how those builds land on challenging content because power is best felt when we're both challenged and have our own intentionality over the build sometimes nerfs are needed we need to remember that sometimes things run away and are way too strong you know even luke smith admitted they probably shouldn't have brought back whisper of the worm certain things that were given us to us you know as a way to give us power at the end of you know Warmind into Forsaken, there was a lot of things given to us that made us really, really strong. Tractor Cannon, Ikelos Shotgun, Rally Barricade, Luna Factions, a lot of these things were born at a time where we felt really, really weak. So sometimes nerfs are needed. But at the bottom of this, at the end of this ladder, as we, as we go through this transitional period, I think the result will be that we do feel stronger and have more of an impact on gameplay because your choices will have that impact and we will feel more challenged. We're going to transition to Q&A, so stay here if you're looking for that. If you're watching in all the other locations, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about why the nerfs, why are they slowing down supers and some of our powers in Shadowkeep. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now, twitch.tv slash rage. Click the link below in the description to come hang out with us uh, or hit like and subscribe. Those are free ways to support me as well. Let's jump right into the questions. Dag Nabbit Ben says, honestly, I love the nerfs. I want the game to be hard. I want beating raids to feel good and not one phase of boss first attempt. I don't think that having every ra- I don't like every raid having to run the same loadout that's optimal and frankly, it's partly why I love the Leviathan raid. You could not really cheese it that much and it felt awesome beating Prestige. Alright, Dag Nabbit Ben, I love you, but every sentence up to now wasn't needed. Let's. This is your question. Do you think this mentality is the minority of the community? And if so, where is the balance in that? So you could just say, do you think the mentality of wanting the game to feel hard is is something that's a minority? And if so, where's the balance in that? Okay, it's fine. It's fine. That was just a lot of pontificating <laughs> to get to your question. All right. Okay. So <laughs> do I think it's a minority mindset that raids should be really, really hard and we shouldn't be able to one phase? 
First and foremost, I would say most people that go into raids do want them to be challenging. I don't think people want to go in and have it be an absurd delta. I don't think people like going into content when they're under-leveled. Now, I know when you talk to people about Worlds First, okay, they like it to be really, really hard and really, really brutal, and they don't want anybody to be able to just go in there and do it. Personally, I feel like that's a bit of an overstatement. I think you can have a challenge in a raid with a healthy delta, not an absurd delta. I think Last Wish got absurd. You got near the end, and it was just ridiculous. It wasn't It wasn't hard. It was very artificial, because you're getting killed by ads that are just... Their fire rate and their accuracy is not tuned for that damage output. So very, very minor ads become a major difficulty, probably more difficult than like the actual boss fight itself the ads become the pain point because it's an over-realized amount of damage output so i think a healthy amount of delta is accepted and liked by all that's why contest modifier was generally celebrated people liked contest modifier but they didn't like the window of time i think this will probably be one of the more celebrated raids with respect to having plenty of time to get ready contest modifier leveling the playing field so if you over level by cheesing something or finding a loophole it doesn't matter we're all equal once we're in there as long as you get to a certain delta so i think if you sample the community that goes into raids or dungeons that's a minority but within that group of people i think most of them would say i want the content to be hard even the speedrunners were saying some of these builds are absurd one phasing with grenade launchers and everybody standing there is just kind of silly um I've, I've been saying that I think Axis and Oryx are really good examples of fights that can't be quote-unquote one-phase. I mean, you can't one-phase Oryx, and one-phasing Axis was not normative. Even for practice teams, it was less common. Now, it's like the expectation. If you go in with a p- group of people that know what they're doing, you just expect to one-phase a raid boss. I, I went into Axis all the time with groups of people that knew what they were doing, and it was difficult to one phase. There was a lot of things that contributed to not landing just enough damage. RNG of empowerments, people having to travel, people having to move. The the damage phases were pretty short. It was a very, very short window. And so, if we can continue to channel that, I, I don't think you're in the minority, no. So, um... I'm a little passionate about this topic. I just hate being told what loadout to run, not wanting to do Riven the real way, just kill it with cheese. Oh, man, there's a lot of moving parts there, though. Uh, Cheesing Riven isn't even really a part of them, people telling you what to run. I mean, everybody, like, wanting to quote-unquote run a certain loadout... I I don't know if I attribute that Riven cheese... I don't think those are equal. Uh, I don't think those are equal. Riven cheese and wanting to pit run pinnacle loadouts. I think when you go into LFG, even in D1, that's what people did. They wanted pinnacle loadouts from people because they only have a couple of hours and they want to beat the freaking raid. They don't care that you're wanting to like, excel, like experiment with a sidearm. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, yo, Jake with eight months. Dude, Jake, welcome back, dude. Congrats on the big days. Congrats on those big days back. Hopefully, uh, hopefully your community is excited to have you back and they rally around you. It's good to have you back on the platform, dude. Nothing like taking a break. Nothing like nothing like not working, you bum, and then coming back and getting front page, you frick. <laughs> I want that gig. I want Jake's gig, guys. I want to take a bunch of time off and kick my feet up and then come back to front page. Yeah, I said it, Jake. I said it. That's drama. 
<laughs> no, I'm happy for you, dude. I'm glad to have you back. <laughs> I thought it was free. <laughs> I thought it was free, says, Do you believe that the nerfs are a must-do to armor 2.0 and the artifact? I, I didn't even include the artifact in my uh, in my talk. I think the, the armor 2.0 I brought up, they gotta lower the floor if we're gonna build on top of it. If we're going to build on top of it and be creating builds and generating lots of super and maxing intellect or using hands-on or heavy lifting and all these different things, as well as the artifact, as well as the finishers in the artifact. I touched on finishers. If if I'm generating an absurd amount of super energy all the time and I'm constantly consuming 50%, 50% of that, that super to create ammo for my team, they had to lower that. You know what I'm saying? They had to lower that, so... Thank you, Romanian uh, Czar, for three months. <clears throat> Thank you. That's a that's a blue badge. Yeah, guys, throw Jake a follow. He's a super nice guy. We've played Trials together in the past. We played Fortnite together in the past. He's a super dope dude. He took a break and came back. I'm obviously giving him some crap about it. So throw him a follow. Uh, we stream at different times too, so it's usually a good handoff for me to hand you guys off to Jake because of time zone differences and stuff. Uh, JT. Lono, I'm returning without having purchased Forsaken. Do you know if I'll have access to all the subclasses that I missed from Forsaken? Um, I don't know how they're handling that. I do not know how they're handling that for New Light players, but Forsaken is $25 right now, and the annual pass is included. That annual pass is Black Armory, Drifter, and Opulence. Just That's just thrown in. And you can buy that on PC on October the 1st for $25. So if you're console, you can buy it right now for $25, and you get everything. I don't know if they're going to give you those... I don't think they should. Ooh, that's mean, right? I don't think they should. I don't think they should give you those supers, because they're they're a part of Forsaken. And $25 for year two is ridiculously cheap. Um, so, I don't think New Light players should get Nova Warp, Chaos Reach, and all those other ones that came with Forsaken. I think those should be reserved for if you get Forsaken. That's part of the value of buying Forsaken, right? So. JD Gamer. Hey, Lona, what possible pin- pinnacle weapons do you think we could see for Crucible, Vanguard, and Gambit? Uh, Crucible's probably going to be a shotgun. I'm hoping for Gambit. I don't really care. Uh, and then PVE. They, 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 it seems like we might not be getting a PVE one. I'm hoping for a rocket launcher. Pinnacle rocket launcher for PVE. I'm thinking a PVE, a, a shotgun will be for uh, for PvP, and then I don't know, Gambit. Um, how about a token that every time I play Gambit, I don't have to or something? I don't know. I just I hate Gambit. I don't really care. I don't really care what Gambit gets. You know, I I don't like it. Uh, I'm Versace. I know you're not a PvP player. But how do you think they could fix the cheese of people getting legend rank comp of matching themselves in comp? I mean, uh, AFKers in Gambit and the Forges, AFKers in Crucible, DDoSers, you know, people cheesing rank. Um, If I'm Bungie and I'm putting stuff on a dry erase board of importance, this is on there. But this is not this is probably not as damaging to the player base experience as like ddosing and afkers afk macro players um i'm not saying this is a pro this isn't a problem it is a problem i don't know i'm gonna i don't know if i'm gonna put it high on the number board though if you pulled the pvp crowd and said which should we focus on more ddosers afkers or people trade trading wins to climb ranks 
I think people would probably focus on AFKers and DDoSers more. That isn't me saying they shouldn't do anything, but... Yo, Valiant, almost three years. Thank you so much, sir. Good dude there. Uh, Mr. Valiant. Um, so... I get it. I... It... 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 It, it does... Sort of... Dilute your hard work. But... I don't know if Bungie's gonna have a huge focus on it. Now... It's probably really easy to detect, and because of that, maybe that's a really good argument that they should they should do something. Maybe that's something that like, that's maybe that's an argument that they should do something. Is that it, it can't be that difficult to detect people trading wins? So I thought it was free. Is it smart to hoard prime ingrams? They'll only ever be seven fifty. They might drop armor two dot uh, more than likely, the game will assign the, those engrams a loot pool. So right now, it's probably assigned a year two loot pool and not a year three loot pool. So I, I, I don't know if you're going to want to save anything. I don't know about that. I thought it was free. Should we shard all super mods now? Um, just use your NordVPN. Oh, thank you for using my, my NordVPN code. Appreciate that. NordVPN's a great company. I love working with them. Um... I'm not sharding mods just yet, but I would say you could probably safely do this. You know what I mean? They don't, they're probably not going to have any purpose going forward. Uh, Solana 87. So everyone is going to 750, but our new live player is going to be able to get to level 50. My 12 year old nephew has year one content. I told him don't buy anything till October the 1st because he wants level 50. I don't, I, I, I believe they said 750 level 50. I think everybody just gets that. Um, so, Steam doesn't have split servers for matchmaking like Blizzard, so trading won't happen. Oh, right, because they trade by going into market like Asian markets and markets where there's like nobody, there's nobody matchmaking, right? Um, I thought you could change your region though before you launch the game in Steam. I don't know if that's going to be a thing once you're up and running. Well, I don't know. I thought that was just for downloading the actual. Uh, games themselves so I, I thought that that was a thing there could be region changing once we get into the game now maybe like once you pick your character you can select your region or something um, I'm curious how that's going to work because I have friends lists in both regions right now not that it matters most of them are the same people like if you have me on the North American friends list you more than likely have me on the you know, the, the UK friends list as well. That's the only time we ever, you know, had to, like, do it twice. I don't know. Um, you, you know you're sponsored by NordVPN? I was saying it as a joke. Oh, no, I, I'm not sponsored by them. I did a sponsored stream the other day, and I have the banner up on my stream for one week per the contract, and I sent out a tweet today. So I, I, I'm not officially sponsored by them, like, in a, in a perpetual way. We've done contracts, like, once a month. Uh, wordy. Bungie really likes the balance tension between PvP and PvE, Stockholm in my opinion. Do you think that an expansion of PvP game modes could alleviate the tension? If we had game modes like no supers or primary only, SWAT-esque game mode, PvP could be untouched, relatively speaking, by power creep. Okay, here's the thing. This idea gets put out there a lot, and I think you're probably putting it out there in, I would say, probably the best way you could. They would be specific game modes. Here's my prediction about those game modes. People would hate them. I don't think 
fans of fans of Destiny are going to go into primary only, no supers, SWAT esque game modes, and they're gonna. I don't think those playlists would be very healthy. I think they would become very quickly vacant. It would probably end up feeling far too similar to D two Year One. It would just be a lot of lane camping and team shotting. Um, because the minute you can't use supers or your primary only, and you, the minute you, as soon as you pigeonhole people and paint them into a corner, they're not going to respond with a lot of movement and activity. I, I don't think, like, psychologically, this is my prediction about the meta going forward. I'm concerned because they're lowering the survivability of roaming supers. They're increasing the lethality of snipers against those roaming supers. They're increasing the lethality of, you know, broadsword and claymore archetypal pulse rifles. And pulse rifles are already ridiculously strong. So they're increasing, it seems to me, from a bird's eye view, I'm zooming all the way out. I know people are celebrating these changes. I'm zooming out and saying, sounds like you guys are really making passivity more powerful again. Dialing back playing the range game which could make a lot of the maps really frustrating a lot of people play team shot meta even to this day and i don't know i could be a hundred percent wrong here they could launch primary only or like a swat style game mode and people could freaking love it and it could pave the way for destiny going forward i don't think that would happen if i'm putting my chips on the table if we're walking up to a to an imaginary poker table and they're like all right lono you got a thousand dollars. What are you betting on? Are you betting on these game types being enjoyed or largely hated and ignored after a couple of months? I'd be like, um, I'm gonna slide all my chips over here. Largely hated and ignored after a couple of months, and I'd probably win big. You know, I would probably win big. I think tons of people would be like, it just doesn't feel like Destiny. It's not fun. It feels like cheap. It feels like Halo. It feels like Bush League Halo. I don't like it. You know. I hope you're wrong, but I can see what you're saying. I hope I'm wrong, too. For the fans of PvP, I hope I'm dead wrong. I hope I'm dead wrong about what they're doing to the Crucible. But I just have this feeling the player base responds psychologically. The feel If we feel weaker, then people are going to handhold more. And you're empowering handholding with changes to those pulse rifles and snipers against roaming supers and stuff. Like, you're really, I don't know. I, I think people are going to respond to it in a way that's going to make a lot of the hardcore PvP players complain. And a really, we brought this point up a lot lately. We brought it up a lot. I think it's a really good point to keep making. Okay. Yeah, they're also buffing scouts. We don't even know what they're doing with scouts yet. That's another lane range passivity playstyle that potentially. It is going to be stronger come October, okay? I don't know. People people are asking for stuff that they might end up hating. That's kind of destiny for the last five years. But um, I I think when you when you analyze sort of like how people respond and you know power and taking away power and all these different playstyles and stuff, I just think there's a there's a pattern there's a pattern of people and the point that's been made time and time again about this pattern is that. A lot of the year one Destiny 2 PvP players that stuck around, they're still around, and they still play D2 year one meta. When you get into certain maps and you go against these people, you know it. You're like, these homies are stuck in year one. Pulse rifles, lane camping, choke point watching, hand holding, like they will not freaking move. And I thought that was a really good point that Brosif made the other day. If you monitored 
uh, if you monitor the player numbers during year one, they settled into like the mid 300,000s. That means every day there was over 300,000 people booting up and playing Destiny 2 vanilla PvP. Okay? <laughs> That's a lot of people. They're still around. Those people are still around. I believe when Brosif said you will never get Destiny to go back to where it was with respect to PvP because there's too many of those people around, I believe he's partially right. Because Crucible's been hovering around the mid-500,000s. I'm wondering how many people in those mid-500,000s are people that are just, they're here from year one, year one impacted their playstyle and their mentality, and they still play that way. And you hand them stronger scouts, you hand them stronger pulse rifles, you hand them snipers that are stronger against roaming supers, and they're really going to dial in that playstyle. Again, I hope I'm wrong, but to me, the writing's on the wall. Passive team shot meta is on the horizon. Nice dude. Is an Austringer with triple tap and rampage good? Depends on where you're going. I don't think you really need triple tap on a hand cannon. Triple tap best lands on a, on a sniper in a DPS in a DPS setting because you can just keep nailing that crit spot and putting ammo back in the gun. Uh, generally for hand cannons, rampage is best coupled with uh, outlaw. Uh, but triple tap is good with rampage because you're keeping gun, you know, you keep an ammo in the mag. I think outlaw generally pairs with it a lot better. Uh, triple tap rampage drop mag might be good because anytime you do reload it's fast and you're keeping ammo in the mag that'd be a pretty good synergy of perks there um, but usually people opt for rampage with outlaw for that quick reload I like feeding frenzy you can only get feeding frenzy on the warden's law the blast furnace and then the the recluse I don't know if, and then obviously you can get it those are primaries I know you can get it on like the hammerhead and stuff but the only primaries you can get they can get feeding frenzy I believe are those three there's always a I think there's like a fourth one I always forget but yeah my confessions says what is your opinion on all the crucible changes for example heavy ammo sharing removing I just gave a bunch of you know commentary on where I think PvP is dangerously treading um as far as maps getting removed and stuff it seemed like there was a lot of agreement and then some disagreement that seemed like there were some maps that people really really liked that were getting removed heavy ammo sharing is probably a good change it'll be more like it'll be more of a a moment in crucible because like in d1 everybody go get their heavy ammo and then it's like the wild wild west for the next minute or so everybody's blowing each other up sometimes you could take advantage of knowing heavy ammo was on the way and you could go like launch your super i got i got a six a six-man super kill in D1 one time. I believe it was on Twilight Gap. That one super box that's like outside on that balcony. Well, I was able to come around that corner and they were all standing there. I just slammed and got them all. It was awesome. But I don't think power heavy ammo is going to be a problem anymore. Right now, it's like one person gets it and you can kind of run away with it. People are like, how is this going to help? More, more power heavy ammo? Well, you're getting less from the brick less per brick and more people are going to have it so there's going to be more of a counter to that one pesky guy who seemed to have hammerhead ammo for forever right dude get out of here stinking cat won't leave me alone you know one guy gets hammerhead and just kind of runs that runs the show and now that one guy with hammerhead is going to have a bunch of other people that could maybe take him out you know that's if all assuming all people manage to pick it if you didn't play a lot of d1 pvp you might think that Homie, D1 PvP, people, like, all stand around to get it. The, the game, like, 
heavy ammo is up in what 20 seconds or whatever everybody starts trending towards the boxes that their team's closest to and they all huddle around it um 100 100% that's what people do uh whoops nice dude says what do you think of the luna faction rally barricade nerfs i've already talked about how i think it's fine i have a whole video on it little light it feels like bungie has gone a bit overboard with the nerfs particularly for mp which do 50 percent more damage but it's going to be 30 percent when shadow keep arrives i believe that's melting point although i understand why the nerfs are needed wouldn't make sense to go back to d1 as a reference for how buffs work or is it better to keep experimenting with it i'm just trying to find a good reason to disregard d1 as a blueprint you have to disregard d1 as a blueprint because of armor 2.0 it, you know what i'm saying it's armor 2.0 like we're, we're, we're having an influence over our build and finisher moves and generation of super and melee energy and all that that we've never had before you can't use d1 as a blueprint anymore it doesn't work also we never ever in d1 had the ability to just stand there and just jung, 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 just empty something as strong as a spike nade grenade launcher that wasn't even a thing in d1 you can't, this is why you can't drag stuff from the past forward. This is one of the reasons, honestly, that Rally Barricade and Luna Faction needed addressed, because they were added at a time when we were really, really weak. We're not really, really weak anymore. You can't drag that into the present and be like, no, Luna Faction and Rally Barricade are totally fine. Meanwhile, Bungie's trying to buff weapons and make weapons really, really awesome, and in doing so, in doing so, it's causing problems because we're dragging these really powerful things from the past. You know, Touch of Malice. Yeah, but Touch of Malice was a specific weapon with a specific context where you would want to use it because it hurt you. You know, standing in it was basically designed to stand in a in an aura and shoot Oryx in the chest. You weren't running around. You weren't melting every boss with with Touch of Malice. Now you might have if you ran double bubble weapons and blessing before they ner- before they changed it right because before they changed it you could do that and, and blessing would like mitigate the damage from it and I'm sure people were probably doing that but in general most strike bosses and most bosses in destiny one no- people were not running around with touch of malice they, you know they were for orcs because it just was a one size fits all weapon for the final two encounters um, in any case in any case when when Rise of Iron rolled around, they, they, they made it so that Touch of Malice was not a universal weapon anymore. Tom, Tom was no longer meta because you would your blessing would disappear. So Armor of Light wouldn't do anything for you for Tom because you would step out and start taking damage right away. Armor of Light only touches you inside the well, inside the bubble. It doesn't. That was why blessing was so stupid because it like put an overshield on you and then the tick damage from Touch of Malice would start ticking away at that shield and and people would dump ammo to get the de- to get the damage buff and then step into the bubble and it was like you were getting max damage um you can get armor buff and shoot if you place the bubble in the right spots yeah that wasn't meta though almost nobody was doing that after they nerfed it everybody was just running sleeper head glitching was rarely meta there was only a few places you could really really pull it off and it was very very difficult it was easier just to put on sleeper in, especially like in the Oryx fight weapons light, sleeper, done like sleeper was so stupidly strong especially if you could get like reflex shots shooting down on those ogres uh, daisies, with the Luna faction and rally nerf coming in, do you think we are out of the woods with uh, complete do you think we're out of the woodwork completely from there, also does that make grenade 
Do you think we are out of the woodworks completely? What the frick are you trying to say? From them, also, does that make grenade launchers not the ideal weapon for damage? There's high damage weapons with better reload times. I think the meta is potentially uh, sensibly psychotic. Thank you for 27 months. Welcome back. I think that there's a potential meta here. There's potential. There's a couple potential metas. I think really strong grenade launchers with impact casing, field prep, and clusters could become meta if their damage output can rival a full grenade launcher with spike. Spike grenade launcher with field prep, you just step into the well out of a weapons bubble and crouch. You just crouch. Um, and you're going to get an increased reload speed from crouching with field prep, and you're going to get an increased reload from lunafaction um, if, the, if the well guy is wearing lunafaction. That could be meta. Now, I don't know. If you run the impact casing build with field prep and clusters, the reload on rockets could be really, really good and maybe enough to compete with grenades because when you're done, you could get out something like a sniper or something. If you combine that type of a rocket launcher with a good triple tap sniper, there could, I just don't know. I don't know. It's, it's just going to come down to... It's really going to come down to damage ceilings on rockets and damage ceilings on grenade launchers. It's not about making grenade launchers weak it's about making damage phases more interesting because it's not interesting right now at all just spike nade well of radiance lunafaction clunk 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 dead izanagi could become meta because of the reload speed buff yeah uh the jace hi lono do you think with the nerf uh to stacking that snipers will become more prominent in boss dps love the content yeah we just touched on this snipers and izanagi could could come uh could could come back could come back as as meta we never know it just again it really depends on damage ceilings because if they leave grenade launchers where they are which dylan seems to indicate that they're staying where they are i don't know if anything can compete because they can shoot so freaking fast you step out of the bubble you step into the well for protection you get a 35 percent damage buff from the bubble heavy ammo now applies to the debuff from tether so you get the tether debuff you got weapons of light you got spike nades you're crouched and you just empty Field prep, reload, refresh weapons. I just don't know. I don't think. Here's the thing that you have to understand. Here's the thing you have to understand. They're not trying to make grenade launchers irrelevant, and I think that's the real victory here. I think that's the real victory. They're making moderate changes to potentially, I hope, open up other damage phase strategy. I hope machine guns get a buff. I hope rocket launchers get a buff. I would love to see linear fusions made into an energy weapon. I would love to see swords made into an energy weapon because they're just not strong enough to be power. They don't have a lot of footing, especially linear fusions. Okay? That's what I hope. I don't want to get on the other side of Shadow King and be like, good job Bungie. You, you You made grenade launchers completely irrelevant. That's not the goal. I think we're thinking like traditional D1 reactionary pendulum swing players where we're like, well, grenade launchers should be nerfed into the ground because they're too strong right now. No, that's not what we want. We want like moderate changes to open up opportunities and options so that you can try something different like a really good rocket launcher that you find or this new exotic rocket launcher that they have. You know, those are the things you're going to want to try out and hopefully they're just as good, if not if they're close to being as good I always use the example of somebody running Dark Drinker at Axis and I ran a tier 12 Starfire Protocol build with Viking Funeral and Fusion Grenades and I would match their DPS and sometimes pass their DPS 
and I wasn't using a weapon. I mean, I would empty my galley, but like I, I was, I was just throwing grenades as fast as possible, and the charge plates were always giving my super back. Now, again, that's an example of like if they give us pivot room to where other things are given room to like, oh, this can this this style of play can really shine. Then you can argue with me all day about DPS numbers. If I'm coming close to your numbers or matching your numbers with a totally different build, then that's that's the goal. You don't want people basically like, well, well, put all of our god roll grenade launchers away. Bungie ruined them. That's not what we want. And I think that's what people. I think that's what people come to expe- expect. They expect something to get hammered down and something else to rise above. And I don't. I don't think that's good. I think there's a way to get to where we can have more things be viable as a loadout than we've had in the past X-Mang was wondering if there's a difference between unflinching rifle aim and unflinching pulse rifle aim is one better than the other I actually don't know some of that's changing in armor 2.0 I think the generic perks are equal to the specific perks but they cost more energy Murky with the changes to buff stacking do you think that Bungie will be more aggressive with weapon perks to compensate Maybe, because we have been waiting for perks. I mean, we've been waiting for better perks for a really, really long time. I would love that to be the response. Mizuki Blue. I don't think I've ever heard you talk about the story or the lore of Destiny, so I'm wondering, is there anything you're hoping to see in Shadowkeep? I love Eris Morn. I think I still think she's the best character in all of Destiny. I think she's got some of the best lines in Destiny. Um, I've, some of my more memorable moments are where she was talking. Um, I still think about the first time I drop into the Dark Blade pit, and she's like, "Ala cool, he is hunting you." Like I will always remember that. It was so cool, um, and I got her to say that line for me at Guardian Con. <laughs> so I geeked out a little bit, but I. I don't get too deep into the lore. I find a- I find aspects of the lore really, really interesting and really cool, and I'm more interested to see if they actually allow Savathun to ascend to the High Throne and become the Taken Queen, and that we like actually have to fight her in the in the Dreadnought. I'm also interested to know one of my theories that I've come up with is the only way to destroy these triangle ships that are on the way is we have to repower the Dreadnought's weapon because the Dreadnought's it, the Dreadnought is the only thing strong enough to compete with these triangle ships. So I could see us powering the Dreadnought to destroy the triangle ships and we don't destroy all of them but we destroy a good portion of them and then that sets the stage for Destiny 3 where we're in a war with the Veil or whatever the frick is in those ships. Outside of that, I don't get really deep into the lore. I, you know, it's always cool. I love reading the, you know, reading the lore cards and hearing the background story and stuff, but that's that's kind of that's kind of about as far as I go. X-Mang. I was wondering if there's a difference between unflinching rifle aim, already read this one. Sulfur, could you see Whisper rise to greatness again due to the auto reload nerfs? Um well yeah, you don't have to worry about somebody wearing Lunafaction and breaking white nail. Um and if you make a mistake and have to reload, Luna Factions was actually help Whisper meta. Yeah, I, I could think. I would say, yeah, maybe Darcy could be good too because of the increased reload, and Darcy's really, really strong too. Um, yeah, I don't know. The, the benefit of Whisper and Whisper Breathing is that you just do not have to reload. And if it's the right, if it's the right boss... Whisper tends to outshine trying to use things like anarchy and spike nades and stuff because sometimes the spot's like really tough to hit. It depends on the boss, it depends on the environment. Um, 
Diesel or Dissel, Bungie completely missed the mark on the bottom tree Nova buff. Nova has a problem with no neutral game. Not not just super damage. It's missing all the perks that made it strong in D1. Example, variants, tracking Nova, grenades and super kills heal you, and Axion grenades that actually did something. Do you think bringing those back is some way a good idea? I don't think I can co-sign with you that Devour is not a strong is not a strong neutral game. I just don't agree with you. I think you're arguing from a PvP perspective. I feel like Devour is ridiculously strong in PvE um, at being neutral, like staying alive. You get one kill with a melee, and then you're just like always healthy after that. Um, and then you combine that with like Nazarex, like the helmet that I was using, and avoid like the recluse and a good you know good grenade tosses here and there. I don't know making that that making that Nova stronger I honestly think bottom tree Nova is going to be so so good um I I think this is an overstatement I think this is maybe you're taking it into to PvP and feeling like you have no neutral game which might be true but I don't necessarily know if every single class should have like a really really good neutral game it's still worse than Slova I don't know. I, they're increasing its damage to maybe make it compete with Slova. But Devour in PvE is like... I don't I don't know if there's a build that is that strong at survivability in the game right now. Is there anything as strong as Devour? It's still weaker? Even after the buff, are you saying it's weaker? I mean, it can't be as strong, right? Because it's... I don't know. It's a different style of play. You're trading one for the other. I don't know. I, I just don't know if there's a survivability class as strong as Devour Nova. I don't know if there is. So the fact that they're making Devour's Nova stronger than it is now is probably a win. I don't know. Wordy. One of the issues with increasing reload speed in the DPS buff, uh, as a DPS buff, is that the animations start to look absurd and decrease polish. Games like Killing Floor work around this by adding more fluid reload animations at certain tiers of reload speed. Do you think Bungie would spend time development on this quality of life changes? No, I don't think so. I, 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 I happen to think when I would run, I would run Angel's Advocate, which is a scout, in Kingsfall. And I had Outlaw, and I had Gauntlets with Scout Reloader, and they were they were Kingsfall Gauntlets that gave me increased reload in the aura. When I would be in the aura, and I would land a headshot, and it was like click click, and I, you could literally see it was like it was like really fast. It was like click click, like my hands would just come up and do the animation and come right back down. I thought it looked awesome. I thought it looked really cool. I didn't feel like it looked as you're saying it decreases in polish. I don't think I agree with this. We're going to have to see this one differently, I guess. I thought that even then, the absolute max reload on, a, on an Angel's Advocate, which is, I think, the fastest reloading scout in D1, with Outlaw, with Scout Reloader Gauntlets, with the Aura Reload buff, it was absurdly fast, and I thought it was just freaking awesome. Um, so, I don't... I don't this right here, if Bungie's developing bandwidth or something, I'm not ever asking for this, because I ultimately think this doesn't matter. Even if you could make a really strong argument that it doesn't look as polished, I just I don't think it matters. <laughs> I don't want them spending time on that. Um, what is your opinion on Shield Bash suppressing and what it does to Peregrine Greaves? Um, 
I don't have a strong opinion here. I've not really thought about it. I don't have much to say. Samurath. With the recent folks finding more utility with the perk 1-2 punch, you think that perk will eventually see a change in the way it almost seems like an exploit in the game? Here's the thing. Killing trash ads really fast by punching, dodging, punching, dodging, punching, dodging, it ain't, it ain't really any faster than me going through and just headshotting with a hand cannon. In some ways, it might be slower and more risky because you're just you're drawing lots of aggro. So, I don't think there's anything broken about the build. Now, when you use this build to stack up the 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 punch, the punch, the melee buff on top of one two punch on the shotgun, it gets a little absurd, especially on Liar's Handshake. Um, so they may do something with that. I don't think they're going to say, oh, how dare you kill trash ads really fast. If your measure of a problem is like, I'm killing trash ads really fast, you're going to have a really hard time getting any footing with that argument. You can kill trash ads ridiculously fast. Get out a recluse. I mean, or a really good hand cannon. You're cutting through trash ads like they're nothing. So it's like, meleeing trash ads really fast is not problematic to the flow of the game or the integrity of difficulty. I just don't think so. So, if I'm if I'm looking at the game and I'm saying what are some things that are problematic, that's not one of them. Uh, our our Tyler Lynn, I agree they are pulling us down to build us up. Do you think the changes to all this will give us more diverse meta and high end content? I really hope so. That's kind of my wish. Is that you could be like, dude, I got a god roll rocket launcher, I got a god roll machine gun, I got a god roll grenade launcher, and we're all really close in the hemisphere of doing damage. Now, you might say, well, my job in the raid includes some majors in this mini-boss. I'm going to keep my grenade launcher. It feels more diverse. I can I can get the ammo back a little bit quicker. Ammo economy is kind of not so great on a rocket launcher, but you can run the rocket launcher and get maybe a little bit more DPS than me as a sacrifice. You're not getting the agility of the grenade launcher. You're not getting the ammo economy of a grenade launcher. You're getting more DPS, but your role is different than mine. If we have different roles, you know what I'm saying? Think of like in the Axis fight, who went up and killed the captain generally would be the person probably running the grenade launcher. The guy not rushing the captain, who maybe comes up behind and grabs a scorch cannon, maybe they're running a rocket launcher. Because rocket launcher's damage ceiling, I think, should be higher than a grenade launcher. If I nail all five or six rockets on a boss, direct impact, the impact casing clusters is on there, all, all the good stuff, and you're running a grenade launcher and you empty yours... I think my damage ceiling should be higher than yours. It's easier for me to miss. I have way less ammo economy. My gun's not doesn't have the agility and the adaptability of a grenade launcher or a machine gun, same thing. Machine guns should have a higher damage ceiling than they have now, but their damage ceiling should be like below, lower than a rocket. Because you're trading, right? You're like, oh, I don't get the damage ceiling of a rocket, but I get the agility of a machine gun. If I'm starting to get overrun by majors or... You know, uh, a sh- you know, shielded enemies, and my buddy goes down. I can get out my my machine gun, use twenty to thirty bullets, and have a significant sway over the flow of, of of enemies. And with our control over the flow of heavy ammo, machine guns could be given a lot of a lot of utility in that regard. But then you're trading the maximum damage ceiling. I don't have that agility. I can't handle those enemies that much. Maybe I can. Maybe with the flow of rocket ammo, maybe I can. Maybe I can launch a rocket at a group with clusters and really hurt all the trash ads in the major, and I know I'm going to get the rocket back because of because of my control over heavy ammo with heavy ammo finder and everything else. Who knows? My hope would be that that's the result, though. 
that you could run experiments with like heavy ammo finder and rocket scavenger and different things like that to where even your finishing move maybe you're one of the people running finishing move to feed yourself heavy ammo and you're constantly running something to feed yourself super energy like oh I don't know heavy lifting you see what I'm saying there could be some really fun builds here the, the, the real question is always going to come down to damage ceiling it's always going to come down to damage ceiling if I can't pass you if you're using this weapon and I can't pass you no matter what the frick I do you've just negated that build it just isn't if I can't come close if I can come close then you, then it's then it's totally legit it's viable but if it's like dude I'm not even close to your damage output you empty your grenade launcher and then you switch to your Izanagi's and in that time in that 20 second window that we have to do damage you're doing way more damage than me because it takes me so much longer to shoot the rockets travel time reload blah 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 and then the damage output I get isn't even close to the time investment I'm sacrificing you're just chung 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 Izanagi's boom reload faster with Luna Factions boom you know Case Jacob with 13 months, welcome back. JD Matters, do you think the Crucible changes are going to make high comp and Crucible easy? My opinion is it will. I I don't think it'll make... I, I don't have anything to make it say that it's going to be easier. Um, why would it be easier? If you go into high comp and a team's playing organized and they're using snipers and, and, and pulses that are in the archetype of the, the Claymore and the Broadsword and they're sitting on lanes... I don't know. I, I don't know how that would be easier. And, and now, solo matchmaking, solo matchmaking, maybe. My concern with solo matchmaking and the changes I'm seeing outlined from people coming back from packs, you know, my concern about solo matchmaking is people are going to be like, I'm by myself. I better stick with my team. I better hold hands. We're running out of lives. We better stick together. It's survival. Solo queue survival with strong lane camp weapons like broadsword claymore scouts are getting a buff roaming supers are weaker snipers are stronger against roaming supers i don't know man i don't know (laughs) if you're if you feel alone and you feel weaker and you feel like lane watching is a stronger and more viable loadout option i don't know i don't think high comp's gonna be easy you know revoker yeah arrow 12 what do you think about the menagerie buffs going away after shadow keep hits I'm probably going to do a video about this, okay? I get it from our perspective. It sucks. It's like, Menagerie was great, and then you guys nerfed it, and now you're bringing back the really rewarding feeling, and then you're going to take it away again. As a player, I get that. I'm not a fan of it, but if I'm looking at it from Bungie's perspective, it makes total sense for them to say, our focus in Shadowkeep is getting you in the new content. Nightmare Hunt, Vex Offensive... Um, the new difficulties in Nightfall, the moon, patrolling the moon, right? They they want the new stuff to feel alive, and that slightly grates against it if the most rewarding thing in Destiny is the Menagerie. You also have to consider, you also have to consider, if, if you're going to be going into the Menagerie and getting five drops from one run, I doubt there's anything in Shadowkeep and really anything in Destiny that's that rewarding. And that poses a pretty big problem. You're going to go run Vex Offensive or Nightmare Hunt and say, what the frick? This sucks compared to Menagerie. So I get where Bungie's coming from. And Dylan said they might consider doing it as like a special event. Hey guys, all weekend long or all this week, you know, Infamy is doubled or, you know, Valor is doubled or drop rates in Menagerie are tripled. 
And I think that would probably be a better treatment of it. I get it. It's a huge bummer. But you got to consider... You gotta consider the game at large lands, and you're like, oh yeah, th- this new content's cool, but uh, man, <laughs> menagerie, five guns every time? Are you freaking kidding me? The shadow keep stuff is a joke. That's that that would unfortunately be the conclusion that people would come to. So, and it's a trial run for them to manipulate drop rates so they can do special things. They can do special things with Vex Offensive. They can do special things with Nightmare Hunt. They could say, hey, drop rates have been doubled or tripled this week. It was a good experiment that hopefully informs future events like that. KJ the Knight. What are your thoughts on Bottom Tree Archetype not being nerfed? Personally, I like it. Don't have a strong opinion here. Uh, super Generation's going to get slower. And you're going to be able to get killed faster while roaming with it. I don't think they wanted to swing at this thing from both ends. If they would have burned this thing from both ends of the candle, it would it would, might have completely ruined it. Number one, at a ground level, you're getting less super energy from kills and assists, okay? You're getting less super energy from orbs on the ground, and you're going to die quicker when you're in the super. It's going to be easier for people to challenge you, and they're making scouts stronger, claymore archetype stronger, snipers stronger against roaming supers. So the odds are this super might be getting nerfed in, 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 in the crucible, but from other sources, from outside sources. If they would have done that and they would have nerfed it as a super, it might have gotten completely decimated and no one would ever use it. So I, I don't think that this is why I think people need to remember making little tweaks is far better than them just swinging the axe like, oh man, that super and that subclass is just ridiculously strong. Like, choo 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 choo, they just try and chop it down. It would get hit from too many sources. Um. If you're wrong, we're looking at another three months of being killed three times by the same super. I mean, I don't know how I can be wrong. They literally said they're toning down. Like, you're going to be able to challenge somebody in that super. And they're making scouts and and an archetype of pulse is stronger. And snipers are stronger against roaming. So, I I don't know. I, I don't... I think, I think it's an outside nerf. From the outside in, if you're using that super, you're going to need it to last longer if you manage to get a kill, because I think you're going to be getting shredded a lot. Especially considering it probably made people pretty lazy. It probably made people pretty lazy. PvP sandbox changes haven't been announced yet. It'll be nerfed. I don't know why you keep saying that, Harry. They announced the PvP changes literally in the most recent TWAB. They announced changes to the hoppers. They announced changes to the to the heavy ammo. And they announced changes to super roaming super resilience. Those are literally sandbox changes to influence the flow of PvP. I don't know if there's going to be another TWAB where they talk about more nerfs. They already talked about changes to the subclasses. That That's what the entire most recent TWAB was. They said more changes will be announced. Yeah, with respect to weapons. Where in the TWAB did they say more more changes were coming to subclasses? I don't remember reading that. They said they're going to, this week, address our arsenal and our weapons and the changes that they're going to be experiencing. I don't remember reading anywhere that they have more changes planned for more subclasses. The entire most recent TWAB was that, that's all it was, was changes to subclasses. Um, I may have missed it if they said they had more planned changes coming. I don't remember seeing that. I thought they only said changes two weapons were coming uh 
Rodrigo Eslope says, I'm new to the game and there's a bunch of things going on that I don't fully grasp. Do you think that might be a problem for the free-to-play release? Uh, the free-to-play release is going to have a tutorial. You're going to land in the tower and there's probably going to be some things to like walk you through what everything means. That's not in the game right now, so we probably would have to wait and see. Aquatico. What do you think of the idea of allowing buffs and debuffs to stack, but doing so additively as opposed to multiplicatively? Do you think this would be enough of a nerf? With the new damage stacking rules, I don't see any reason to ever use any of the, uh, to use anything other than whatever provides the largest buff debuff. Well, but you're arguing that you can run the largest buff debuff and you can't. You can't. That's not possible. If you're running the largest buff, you're running bubble. You can't run the largest debuff. That's tether. That comes down to team comp. What about the largest health buff? You gotta have somebody on well. Right there is a strike team. That sounds a whole lot more interesting than all we need is a well. Do you see? Do you see the difference? Like, all we need is a well, and then it doesn't matter what anybody else is running. It's thoughtless. It's thoughtless. Like, come shadow keep if everybody's running well you're shortchanging yourself you need a debuff you need a buff and you need a, and you need a health buff for yourself you need all three that's a fire team that's a hunter that's a titan that's a warlock the strongest health buff's going to come from well the strongest weapon buff's going to come from a bubble the strongest debuff's going to come from well all debuffs are 30% tether's going to last the longest so tether will probably take the cake you're not always going to want to run up there with a tractor Bubble, bubble tractor is max buff debuff not necessarily tractor got flattened out to a flat 30 and I think tether lasts longer than tractor and you don't have to travel for tether you just shoot it from where you are I think tether will be meta for debuff because of the ease of use and the length of how long it lasts and you don't have to go you don't have to take risks to fly up there the person running up and flying up and using tractor cannon is also doing less damage because they have to run tractor Somebody running tractors not running a heavy that can do damage. So I think tractor is going to fall by the wayside, sadly. I think tractor is going to fall by the wayside. Just everybody run a raid heavy will use tether. Makes more makes way more sense than someone running tractor. So, uh, sweaty cheater, do you think pinnacle weapons for crucible need a nerf? Oh, from crucible? I mean, mountaintop and recluse are probably going to get hurt, man. They're probably going to get hurt. Yeah, Tractor Cannon has been separated for some time. It did more of a debuff to Void and 30% for 33% for non-Void. It's getting flattened out to 30 across the board. So, like, that's why hitting somebody with Tractor Cannon and slamming a Nova in their face was so effective. It was doing a 50% damage buff to that Nova. Um, so you could do that. You could Tractor, Nova, Tractor. Now that Tractor is buffing and debuffing. It's getting a damage buff from the debuff and it's applying another debuff and then grenade and then everybody around you can do the same thing recluse maybe a grenade launcher maybe a spike nade swarm so orpheus rig means the super will have more uptime yeah i think there's going to be i honestly think there's going to be a lot of variety in loadouts that people haven't even considered yet because you haven't considered finishing moves you haven't considered armor 2.0's influence over what you choose to run there's new exotics you know there's a lot of different things that could happen Especially considering now, well is only there to keep you alive as a complement to bubble, which means if you have one well, I could see other people running Nova. Or if they get that new arc 
you know, if they get that new arc robe where it increases the damage that you get from Storm Trance the more ads you kill, there could be places that could be really, really helpful. Like, I don't know, Gambit? You could use the you could use Storm Trance to clear the platform and the blockers and then start nailing the boss and get really good guaranteed damage on the boss, especially if somebody puts a debuff on him. You know, you put a tether on that platform and you run through there with Storm Trance and that new that new warlock robe, that it could be really helpful. I don't know. We don't know what it's gonna do. I'm just speculating. Jackarama, do you think that with the changes to glory coming in Shadowkeep it will help populate the comp playlist or it will not be enough to get people in? I think the comp playlist is gonna suffer because they're gonna add solo queue and everybody's gonna realize how bad solo queue is as a concept in execution good concept I mean but bad in execution I think people are going to realize that solo queue is not good it sounds great it makes it makes comp really appealing to me because I could boot up comp and play by myself get matched with people that are similar in my skill level and see if I can't you know hold my own and make some plays it's going to drain it's going to drain normal comp you you want to talk about right now you want to talk about right now if you play comp and especially if you play comp on PC, you face the same people over and over again. You want to talk about exacerbating a problem. It's going to get way worse once you add solo queue. Like, <laughs> three stacks in comp are going to be in no man's land, having nobody to play against. If you're on a duo, you can't even play. Are you really going to try and load up as a duo in comp? There's no solo queue players to throw on your team. They're all in solo queue. I'm telling you. Yo, Phoenix Prime with 18 months. Thank you. Everyone asks for Lone Wolf playlists, solo queue playlists, and it murders the other hoppers, and they're going to remove it. They've done this before. I don't I don't see how you're going to approach the smaller side of the player pool, comp, and you're going to slice that player pool and say, here's a bucket for people to go into if you're by yourself. It's going to murder team playlist i'm telling you right now the the solo queue comp playlist won't last a season they'll take it out either before the season ends or after it's over i'm 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 put that one on the fridge on a post-it note i don't think it's gonna last they tried this before i i don't know i feel like maybe they're just doing it to prove a point or maybe they're just doing it to test maybe they feel like Maybe they feel like New Light's going to bring enough players to keep the hoppers full. I don't know. I'm just... I really, really don't think solo queue comp gets out of a season. I think it's going to murder the playlist and people will complain. They already complain about matchmaking times in comp. They already complain about facing the same teams. And you think solo queue's not going to make that worse? Come on. I'll exclusively play comp solo because I can never find a team. I always get around 3,200 because that's when teams start to be a constant. I can't progress anymore. I love. I will love the solo comp playlist, homie. I love it too. But I'm also gonna. I, I just. I'm telling you, it's gonna be a short-lived trip. Short-lived trip. I just. That's what I think. El Pinto Loco. Do you think the changes aren't enough to really offer choices subclass-wise? Weapons of Light will be meta for damage. Well, will still be meta for survivability. No longer, uh, none of the other options. Seems like only Hunters will have a choice between Tether and Golden Gun. Well, Tether for the debuff, Golden Gun, for, golden gun with um, Celestial for damage, and then I don't know what they're doing with Arc Strider. Um, that may be why they leave 1-2 Punch Liar's Handshake builds alone, because that's the only really reason to run an Arc Strider build uh, in, in PvE. Um... 
I also think you're discounting the fact that the other void subclasses are getting are getting touched. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know. I think the background music's fine. I've not made any changes to the mix. Um, I don't know. If other people if other people chime in and say the music's too loud, I, I'll adjust it. But nobody said anything today about music mix. Um, I've not changed anything. I made a slight change to the EQ buff on the loop station on my microphone. But that's it. Um, music's normal. Music is good. Okay. Um... I, here's the thing. I don't know if they can help every single subclass, right? I don't know if they can help every single subclass. I don't know if they can help Hammers or the Burning Mall. I don't know if they can help Chaos Reach. I don't know. I mean, maybe. I still think Chaos Reach with Geomags would be good if Geomags turned Chaos Reach into a sustained Celestial Nighthawk. If I sustain damage on a target, my Chaos Reach should get the Cold Heart treatment. Like, a damage buff over time. You know how when you hold the, you hold the Cold Heart, it goes... You need something like that on Chaos Reach. Geomags could get tuned to do that. So suddenly you're like, well, we already have a well. I'm going to run Chaos Reach because Arc Burn's on. Or I'm going to run Chaos Reach just because it's a great... It's a great damage... It's a great damage super now, like Celestial. Um void getting the buff that it's getting again i don't know i don't know okay so here's harry i found the part of the 12 i was talking about over the next two weeks we'll be detailing sandbox changes which directly impact the meta that you'd find in our pvp environment okay so apparently harry was right there is more information forthcoming about pvp potentially one-eyed mask bottom tree striker these things are potentially going to get adjusted and tuned um maybe they're waiting to do that when they talk about the weapons because they haven't talked about weapons yet and that's that's right that's right around the corner uh, this week. So I didn't see that line. I only saw the line about our weapons. I don't know. This is a good this this is a good discussion because way of a thousand cuts, right? Way of a thousand cuts and is Thundercra- and Code of the Missile. Way of a thousand cuts and Code of the Missile. Where are they going to land in PVE? Are they ever going to be strong again? I happen to think Way of a Thousand Cuts might be really strong in the right build if I buff melee like crazy and I buff intellect like crazy and I run hands-on and I run Ophidious Faith, that's the one I was calling Genji Jolly Rancher because I could run the finisher that generates heavy ammo for my team and I'm constantly using my melee to generate super energy and using a finisher to put purple bricks on the ground. That, that I, I think sometimes right now we haven't got on the ground yet. And what you're doing is, is you're thinking very one-dimensionally. I stand and I do damage. How do I do that with a hunter? Well, that you might buff your team in the way that I just explained it. You might be like, we don't need a tether. So-and-so's already on tether. Shards of Galanor is broke and crap now. Uh, Blade Barrage is good, but it's not amazing. It's better to keep building up to 50% super and generating heavy ammo, especially if I can kite an enemy and do a finishing move right where we know we're going to be doing damage or like right next to it. So as you're dipping into the bubble to refresh weapons, you could be picking up bricks of heavy that I put there. I'm telling you, I I don't know. I I think that's what they need to maybe consider is if I'm not going to be able to build up our raw damage with a buff, a debuff or survivability. So if well tether and bubble are like, that's your damage established. What's everybody else able to run celestial 
what I just outlined with Way of a Thousand Cuts, uh, Code of the Missile. Like, what a, you know what I'm saying? What a, b- b- crafting those builds to buff your team is going to be a part of this, I think. We just have to kind of wait and see what they come up with. Uh, online Lettuce, thank you for the Prime sub. Enjoy your dope badge and emotes. Enjoy ad-free viewing on the channel. If you guys are tired of seeing so many ads on Twitch, all you got to do is sub to me and you won't see ads when you're here. Uh, and if you have Twitch Prime, that's a really easy choice. Uh, appreciate that. That works for Code of the Missile 2. Melee build super. Super can be sacrificed for heavy ammo. Right. Like, you could run Code of the Missile with Skull Fort, hands-on, buff your melee. You don't even need to buff your melee. You're just slamming the ground. Boom. Super energy. And I get my melee back. Like, and then if I get to 50% super, finishing move. Heavy bricks everywhere. See? Like, there's a Code of the Missile build. There's a Genji build with, with Way of a Thousand Cuts that could, with the finishing move, be like, well, I... I'm not buffing the team's damage or debuffing the boss, but I am feeding you purple bricks on top of purple bricks. Like, there could be elements to that. You know, Code of the Skull Fort. Right. Code of the Skull Fart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Code of the Missile with Skull Fort could be a really, really great build if you build it properly to generate those bricks. I don't know. And then. On top of that, you could be using like a, an energy ammo finder and running something like the Izanagi's or something to give yourself even more damage utility once you're in the pool because if you know your team is debuffing the boss and buffing your damage and you're generating heavy bricks for everybody you might turn on something as well to give yourself green ammo everywhere so when your heavy is empty and the bricks are gone you've got your final bastion of like Izanagi's or or uh I don't know if Arbalest will ever be good for dips but maybe I don't know I think we're thinking about it too simplistically. Here's the beauty of buffing and debuffing, not stacking. When you go into really hard content with six people, three people should be assigned those roles. A well, a bubble, and a tether. The other three people could be assigned other roles. Generating heavy bricks. That's your that's that's your Genji Jolly Rancher guy running around. Who's Genji? He's from Overwatch. He throws the blades, right? You're gonna look like Genji. You're just constantly throwing knife trick, generating super energy for yourself, finishing move to put purple bricks on the ground for your whole freaking team. So that's my role. I'm generating power bricks for everybody. What are you doing? Oh, I'm I don't know. We we don't know what else could could be come up with, but I think there could be other things that we're missing out on and not thinking about. Uh Lumina to buff people, make them survival, you know, make them have stronger survival. I, I don't know. We're, we're not in there yet. We don't know all the different builds that people could come out with. Yeah, orb machine. You could create something where you're just constantly creating uh, orbs, healers. Um, I don't know. I think there's a lot of room. And that's one of the beauties of saying we have our bubble, we have our well, we have our tether. What are the rest of you guys going to be doing? So that little hand gesture needs to be a destiny emote like this. Yeah, that's knife trick. That's what knife trick is. <laughs> Throwing knives really, really fast. Like my fingers are the knives. Whoop. Uh, wordy. I can't bring myself to enjoy shards in PvE. It feels so worthless in most content when killing 10 plus enemies. Why does it feel like Bungie misses the core engagement of exotics and their balance changes and forces reworks that weren't necessary? Necessary. Shards of Galanor is amazing in, in Gambit Sudden Death. It's amazing in The Well. It's amazing during Mayhem. Outside of that, it, it's bad. Um, so, I personally think they should change shards t- 
they should change Orpheus Rigs, Phoenix Protocol, Skull of the Dire Amkara, and Ursa Furiosa. I think it should all be retooled. I think Shards of Galanor should give me maybe a roaming element. Boom! And I do I do my first cast. And if I hit targets, it gives me a little bit extra super energy as it's as it's draining. It buffs some of that super energy as it's draining, and I get one to two more to two more throws that are miniature throws. Like big blade barrage. I hit some targets. Yes, I got some of that super energy back as it's draining. Go around the corner. Mini barrage. Mini barrage. Mini barrage. That I like that's just off the top of my head for shards. I don't know what you would do for Orpheus rigs. I don't know what I, I, you know what I'm saying. I don't know what you would do. Like maybe Orpheus rigs does something to to, to like quiver where you know with you have the quiver connected by three or more like three or more and they're close enough that they're connected it creates like a pulsing damage effect to anything connected to it i don't know um these are just ideas i'm sh- i'm just shooting off the top of my head because i do think i do think shards and rigs and phoenix and everything else if it's feeding you super energy it just poses a problem because it's either completely inconsequential or it's broken it's hard to land in between on it phoenix and rigs are still kind of worth using but generally speaking i think people are still going to be like you're only you're the only well we've got you got to run lunas um or you might say you're the only well we've got you got to run phoenix because you got to feed yourself from our, our our assists i don't know I don't know. By the way, if you guys are new uh, and you're enjoying this content, it's like an interactive podcast. I do this all the time, a discussion, a Q&A. Even when I'm playing the game and I'm running around, we're doing really, really you know, interactive conversations. If you're enjoying yourself today, please click the follow button. That's a free way to support what I do. A lot of people... Uh, over the years have you know thought I was a rude or unkind person or maybe too gruff maybe I whine too much um, the vibe has really changed here a lot of people have coming back around and saying they can sense a difference I've gone through a year and a half of therapy made a lot of personal choices and decisions and changes in my life my marriage and it's outpouring into the content so I appreciate a lot of you people giving me a second chance seeing a lot of new faces and a lot of returning faces in chat it makes me feel good and I try to say that on a regular basis just because I'm very appreciative of the really huge and massive positive response to the vibe change in the chat Um, so thank you if you're new returning or you've been here a long time I really appreciate the support lately Uh, it's good to have that affirmation Alright, next question. Uh, Manny Elite. As a relatively new Destiny player, recently finished Forsaken, what do you recommend I do in preparation for Shadowkeep? Been trying to max power. Don't worry about power. Don't worry about infusion. Get as much gear and resources and materials as you can. That's pretty much it. That's 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 kind of all you need to do. Amish Milkman. Using one of your previous terms, contextual power, could the super nerf be Bungie's way of making more parts of our monster slaying machine mix in without weapons better? Finishers with the mod giving ammo back, but taking super energy, creating a more strategic view. This really touches down on something I was just really, really trying to establish that someone's going to have the role of buff, debuff, and survival. Like those are the three roles and the hope would be that all these other attunements would get would get some good changes and adjustments and exotics to empower variety in the end game and even if we're not talking about a six-man team comp in a raid if i'm running a strike or nightmare hunt vex offensive six man if i'm going into those encounters as well and i'm matchmaking it'd be really nice to know i don't have to run well of radiance anymore even listen i know you guys are like oh d1 meta here we go again bubble everywhere listen 
even if you see a ton of people going into strikes running bubble, change your loadout and run something else for frick's sake. Run run the build with Skull Fort and, and Code of the Missile and generate a bunch of heavy bricks for your team. Like, you know what I'm saying? You can complement that. If you everybody's running bubble, even if you get to run bubble, that's cool. It's a change. It's different. You know, I, I just... I get where people are coming from, but it's like, I as long as... I can go into strikes, nightfalls, matchmade encounters like Nightmare Hunt or whatever the frick, and I can run something that isn't Well of Radiance, that isn't Orpheus Riggs Tether, then I'm a happy camper. Because I'm sick of those two things being like almost a requirement if you want to run things quickly. So. Roland. Look, if you guys are looking for really, really good prep for Shadowkeep, just look up Sweatsickle. He's always got really good stuff. I'm pretty sure he has like a whole spreadsheet. Just look up Sweatsickle on Twitter. Find that homie. He's usually got really, really good stuff. Uh, Roland, what effect do you think the buffs and debuffs not stacking will have on a day one raid race? Um, It's hard to know. I I do think you're probably going to have people still running double well, double bubble, and double tether. Why? To ensure that you always have one. To, sh- to ensure that you always have one if they're slowing down the flow of supers and we're trying to survive I think you're probably going to see two tethers, two wells, two bubbles if I'm putting together a team that's what I'm putting together because then you always have a bubble and you always have a tether and you always have a well, there's no freaking question, because if all three people go tether, bubble, well all those orbs are feeding the other guys and then those guys go tether, bubble, well and then those orbs feed the other guys, like you're just tossing the, the ball back and forth um, that would kind of be my strategy for it uh, to, to maximize everybody's doing that, one of the three things that are needed, keeping the team alive, buffing our damage, debuffing the boss Remy, long one, sorry. How would you feel if invaders in Gambit, instead of denying moats, if they got hit, it would deny an envoy? That would be a max of two envoys denied, which would be refunded to the invader killed. I'm sorry, I'm skipping this. I don't feel like getting lost in the weeds of a Gambit suggestion. I'm so sick of discussing complex suggestions for Gambit. I'm moving on, bud. I'm, I'm sorry. Diesel. The super resilience nerfs are across the board seem like the wrong decision. Shutdown supers need to be able to tank damage due to the static nature of the animation. I feel like Nova Bomb and Chaos Reach uh, Blade Barrage and Thunder Crash are really going to suffer unnecessarily. Do you think shutdown supers should have the highest resilience? Man, I didn't even think about this. It, it depends... This again, this again feeds into my theory about lane camping and passivity being on the rise. Because if you can't even get through a super shutdown animation of like Blade Barrage or something, um, you don't need to buff Goldie resilience. Goldie doesn't need resilience. Uh, Goldie wins those gunfights 90% of the time, unless you're like a freaking potato. I, yeah, I don't know. This is a really good piece of input because if I'm trying to disrupt a team with Blade Barrage or a Nova and they're team shotting me and I can't even get through the animation, that's a potential problem. We'll have to wait and see. That does, this sounds like it could add to my argumentation about passivity and lane camping going up, team shotting going up. There's nothing wrong with team shotting, but if it rises and becomes, that's all you interact with, you shut down mid mid-range game you just shut down all those things because you just can't get through the door you can't get through the lane um that's what it was in d1 non-roaming supers were almost impossible to stop 
Yeah, I don't I don't know how I land on this. It's a one-off. It's easy to miss a blade barrage or a Nova if you don't time it right. If I do time it right and I aim it right and you're below me, I kind of should get the kill. I don't know. Firewall. Do you think that this round of nurse is the beginning of Bungie really tailoring to customization RPG style the first step of working towards balancing subclasses so a new subclass system is possible in the future allows for match abilities to more control it's yeah I mean it's definitely possible that we're going this way I mean it they want to go MMO they want to be more RPG this is a way to do it you got to tone things down and have us influencing our loadout more Johnny, do you think storyline can play a larger part in the in the core gameplay of Shadowkeep than it did in Forsaken highly doubtful no way Highly doubtful. Absolutely not. Much smaller role. Gonna have some cutscenes with Eris. I love Eris, but it ain't gonna be like Forsaken, where we're literally going through an entire campaign and opening up a space and hunting barons and no way. Way less story. Ace of Wake. With Bungie nerfing buff stacking, do you think Bungie can encourage people to use buffs that aren't the best? Why using empowering rifts when weapons of light is a thing? Or do you think subclasses should be reworked since many buffs are effectively useless? It just depends. Like, class abilities are supposed to be little compliments. So I think it's okay if maybe, like, of course weapons of light needs to be stronger than an empowering rift. You get an empowering rift way more often. An empowering rift is supposed to be like a little compliment for like little little engagements here and there like I have to hold my position this is a selfish execution empowering rift right that's kind of the goal of an empowering rift a big giant dome that shows up as a super it, it it's different in its execution and how it shows up and what it offers uh zick zix 83. What are your thoughts on auto-loading holster weapon perk uh, for boss DPS given auto-reloading abilities are being nerfed? I think field prep is going to outshine auto-loading holster. I think field prep. Because field prep gives you increased reload when you're when you're crouched, and you're going to get a reload buff on top of that from uh, from Luna Faction. So... Wordy. When they said they're adding random rolls to gear 1 weapons takes testing, do you think they meant balance testing or does the architecture cause some sort of instability problem I think what they meant was balance testing and the way that I argued this was like if they have a static roll from year one that for whatever the frick reason they gave it really really great base range this is usually almost always going to come down to range I guarantee you range is the issue so it's a static roll so they give it base stats really high range and then suddenly it can roll with accurized rounds and a range masterwork that creates a problem for damage drop off more than likely, that's the big culprit in the room, is range. It's not like it's not like it's gonna roll with some weird combination of perks that's unforeseen, like, oh my gosh, like, we know generally what we want out of a gun for, for PvP. It's a fast reload and kill clip, that's, and, and as much range as possible. That's generally it. Well, the more unforeseen problem in those rolls would probably be range, and the reason for that is range might be really high on some of those old guns because there was no such thing as a random roll back then so they gave it really high range to make up for its own vacancy that was intrinsic because they gave it some garbage roll or some mediocre roll Z speed do you think this cycle of getting more and more power to only get nerfed later is inevitable or can balance be reached I mean, a lot of what I've said is happening right now is Bungie's trying to build the scaffolding and the structure for the next game, and there's two things they have to figure out. Number one, can they create really, really good investment investment paths for the player, Armor 2.0 being one of those things. 
let's say they build that building the second question we have to ask is is it scalable how do you build on top of that building why do I care about your DLC six months later excuse me why do I care if I grind for all the best armor and I get all the best stuff and all the god rolls on the weapons and I invest in everything I take it all the way up to the tippity top why do I care about anything you do after the fact it's got to be it's got to be scalable there's got to be a reason for me to download your DLC in the future and grind if not right it's 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 one of those things it's one of those things where it's like what what are we what are we actually doing why are why are we why are we going after this stuff if i have god rolls from all the past content it's got to be scalable i don't think i don't think it's 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 a problem for um i don't think it's a problem for them to say here's a system they know they can build a system they can build a system of investment they can build a system for you to say here's everything that you can do here's here's how strong you can get you've got to be able to scale it if you can't scale this and build onto it how does it become an evolving world with loot incentive beyond that dlc that's the giant elephant question in the room what the frick are they going to do like all of a sudden September of 2020 rolls around and they they put out a commercial for the Taken Queen. Are you really just going to chase armor because it looks pretty or they're going to add stuff to it? I don't know. I don't know how they're going to make it scalable. I don't have all the answers. Do you want to know what the easiest answer is? Leave stuff behind. (gasps) The horror. Like, I think that's the answer. I think you got to look at what other games do. They leave stuff behind. Like, that's what they do. That's how they get you to chase the new. If Borderlands suddenly drops a DLC in three months that raises the power cap and you start leveling up in Borderlands, guess what? All your god roll weapons are automatically made weaker because eventually you're 10 levels higher and so are all the enemies. Like, that's just a thing. That's just a thing. You've got if they don't if they're never allowed to hit the reset button, then you create it's almost it's almost impossible. It's almost impossible. The only way they make it matter is if like oh well when you go out of the dreadnought, you're gonna want these new armor pieces and these new guns because the enemies there you need to increase resilience and damage against them, and that just gets really confusing because it's like well that's the only place I need the guns and the armor. What the frick, you know? I just leaving stuff behind, going and taking king was the best thing. It's why that DLC was so good. Everybody fights me on this, but I'm telling you, Bungie's got to have confidence in one thing, and it's this. People would be frustrated if you took their loot away, and that frustration would drive them to play. It would not drive them to disengage. They're mad because they cared about their loot, and if they care about loot and you put a bunch of dope new loot in front of them, they'll chase it. The big problem right now is they can't quantitatively fill the game enough. They can't. The amount of loot and armor they added in Forsaken wasn't enough to do a whole reset. The amount of stuff that we would leave behind right now, it wouldn't be enough. They they, they can't add enough quantitatively to the game. That's the big problem. TTK wasn't good because we left stuff behind. It was good because it was a wholesale reworking of the game. Right, but again, Eugene, I think part of that reworking and part of that new loot grind was because stuff got left behind. It's like... If I would have been able to keep my Fatebringer, 
I wouldn't have cared about the Imago loop. That's the reason I always give. If they would have done all those those new system changes, but they would have been like, you can infuse your Fatebringer all the way up to max level and take it into King's Fall. Even if they would have taken away the Arc Burn, I, I would have never cared about the Imago loop. It's like, I, we've had this argument so many times. You can only do so much within a given archetype to make that weapon strong. You can only do so much to your armor loadout to make it cool. And I know they're resetting the artifact every year, uh, every season, I'm sorry, to, to be like, oh, well, now you can try out new things and new this and new that and blah, blah, blah with finishers. But is that going to make me change my armor? Is that going to make me chase new armor? If you give me a god roll hand cannon, what are you going to do with a new hand cannon? Oh, new perks, better perks. Again, there's a ceiling. Once I'm hitting the ceiling of damage on a heavy and the ceiling of damage on a primary, you're only going to be able to match that ceiling. I just think the car runs out of gas at that point. You've got to have a reset button that you hit at some point to say, it's been two years. Boom, everything's jettisoned. You can't level it up anymore. And even if you did that, you got to remember, even if you said you can't level the stuff up anymore, all of, if they locked all of our gear at 750 right now, you could still run pubs, adventures, flashpoints, lost sectors, probably even strikes and daily stories. You could still run a significant amount of PvE content with all that stuff while you're leveling up, and then you slowly start replacing gear and loot. I don't know. I just... That, that question, is it scalable? I think that question's going to trip on itself for forever if they never reset the, if they never reset the loot. Even if they go to a more MMO style in Destiny 3, every year, I still think you have to say, new era, new stuff, the old stuff's getting left behind. As long as they can just do like a deluge of loot, like woof, just quantitatively flood you with new loot. If they can do that, then I feel like that softens the pain of like, okay, I can leave everything behind that I got for last year. Well, what's the point in grinding for it for? Because you get to use it while you're playing. It's the same reason to grind for the new stuff. You get to use it while playing. It's fun. It's cool. It looks different. It sounds different. That's just the nature of these games. There's got to be a point where Bungie's allowed to do that. And if we never let them do that, you're always going to run into this problem of, I maxed all my armor. I don't give a frick about your new armor. Why? I got max stats, great everything. And I got raid mods, blah, blah, blah. Oh, well, you need the new raid mods for the new raid. Okay, I'll grind for them and I'll slap them in. Oh, by the way, you can slot and unslot mods. Another reason it's kind of like make it really, really hard for you to care about any of the new stuff. Uh, uh, cosmetic, sure. I just don't think cosmetics a good enough a good enough draw. It's not a good enough draw. Be more creative with perks and stuff. Again, even if you get more creative with perks, you're still taking me to the same ceiling. You're still taking me to the same ceiling. If I've got God roll armor and God roll guns, and you're like, oh, but there's all these new perks. That's cool for a little while. I'm telling you, that car is going to run out of gas. It's just going to run out of gas. You can only you can only win me over with new perks or new new how cool the armor looks. Eventually, I, I'm telling you, it just runs out of gas. You got to wash you got to wash over the whole game and say everything is left behind. This is all the new stuff. Taken King proves that you can do it. It it proves that you can do it. Ashen Hollow. Has Bungie said anything about re- returning content designed for our rampant power after the nerfs? Uh, I'm mainly worried about things like Menagerie, even Nerf Reckoning, becoming a slog. Well, they softened up Reckoning already. I don't know about Menagerie or Heroic Menagerie. We'd have to we'd have to wait and see. Heggy. 
do you believe that there are nerfs, buffs, the subclasses, and the patch notes that Bungie didn't show in the TWAB? Uh, Harry seems to believe, and I, I might, I, I might agree with him here, that One-Eyed Mask and like Bottom Tree Striker, they may be saving that for later because they want to address that in a specific TWAB that's probably about the PvP sandbox. If they're specifically talking about the PvP sandbox in another out update, which they seem to indicate that in a line that Harry quoted not too long ago. I would think they'd want to wait and say, okay, bottom tree striker. All right, hear us out here. We wanted to make it awesome. It's really fun in certain instances in PvE, but it's freaking broken in PvP. One-eyed mask is also a problem, and here's why we're making changes. They don't want to do that in another in, a, in, a, in an update like they just did about buffs and debuffs. It would get kind of lost in the shuffle, maybe. And this week's supposed to be weapon changes. They maybe couch in the weapon changes in the PvP sandbox in the same update this week. Maybe they might do the wet. They might do the sandbox next week. I think this week's just is going to maybe focus on just weapons. We'll have to wait and see. Fet. So with Bungie changing the way dominating supers currently behave, how how confident are you that we may see more raiding counters that have actual damage phases, not specifically bombs like orcs, but something along those lines? I don't know. I mean, I have no way to predict this. They've not said anything to indicate one way or the other. Shenny, what do you think about the seasonal rotation of items earned in Destiny going forward? Not sure if they are already answered this question. I I think it's fine. I think you're going to have... I think you're going to have new stuff in... I think you're going to have new stuff in the annual pass every time that's earned automatically, and then they can re-rotate stuff from from the stuff that, like, goes away and comes back. Eknor... Do you think Bungie should buff some of the power weapons now after Luna and Barricade nerf like Cluster Rocket Riven made possible with Luna and Machine Guns also? Here's the thing. I, I don't care about the Riven stuff. I care about heavy weapons being viable. So rockets need to be viable. Machine Guns need to be viable. Linear Fusions need to be energy weapons. And Swords need to be energy weapons. And then you have a really, really great heavy slot. Uh, Mr. Casper. I disagree with nerfs to the likes of Luna's, uh, which has taken a grind to get. Uh, I don't have this, by the way. Yet there are things like Jotun in PvP that are in a severe need of a nerf with no sign of this happening. Your thoughts? We, we don't know. This week we're going to get notes on that. I think Jotun's overstated. I think it's annoying, but I don't think it's broken. No mercy. Love the channel, man. Keep it up. With the many changes to supers that were announced and incoming, I was pretty disappointed that nothing is coming to Thundercrash to help. Uh, this being one of my favorite supers. What do you think they can do to help Thunder Crash and help it become competitive? All right, Thunder Crash is is Code of the Missile, right? I, I I keep hearing Thunder Crash, and in my mind, that's Code of the Missile. That's Code of the Missile, isn't it? Yes, chat saying yes. Okay, I thought so, and I assumed that, and I didn't want to be wrong. I love Thunder Crash too, but as I just outlined a little bit ago, I think you can do a ballistic slam build with Skullfort and really generate a dumb a dumb amount of heavy for if you use that one finishing move DJ Akari with 22 months, thank you Steph, I might have missed Steph's 20 month resub, thank you Steph Jordan, it's a tier 3, you're the best Steph um, so I don't know I, I, I think direct hits do a ton of damage and sometimes it's a little bit harder to do that, but I also think maybe there's a lot you could do with Thunder Crash that is again more about like the Genji Jolly Rancher build. Now I know somebody might be like, well Lono, I could do the same thing with hands-on and shoulder charge and and um and uh frickin' Skullford. The differences with Ballistic Slam is 
I get everybody around me killed really, really fast. So I'm getting three or four kills, sometimes a slam. That's really feeding my super energy with hands-on. And if I have that on top of max intellect, I don't know. I really, really feel like that could be a really good build. And you pair that with the finisher that gives heavy bricks for a finisher, and you'd kind of be like this ballistic slam, finish move, spamming crazy person. Um, So... With the super itself, maybe they could give it a bit of a buff to direct hits and maybe buff a little bit if you miss so it's not such an absolute whiff. I don't know. Again, I do think that there's a lot to be said for every build doesn't have to be like equal. Does that make sense? Your use of Code of the Missile doesn't have to be equal to a Well of Radiance, a Riggs, or a Bubble because the execution of it should maybe land differently. Maybe... I'll give an example. Well of Radiance and Bubble, their pinnacle execution is waiting for damage. Imagine playing with a guy that keeps popping his bubble when he just stands to fight trash ads. You'd be like, what the frick are you doing, bro? You're supposed to wait and use your bubble over there. Now you're not going to have bubble for damage. You would tell that person they're not using bubble in its proper context and execution. And you'd probably kick them from your group if they kept doing it. Okay? So keep in mind, even when you run bubble, there's a proper sort of way to use bubble. It's supposed to show up in a specific way, and its best execution is probably a damage phase with weapons and a well of radiance. So those two people are saving well and saving bubble to be used in a specific way. If you're using code of the missile as it's designed with skull fort it seems like it's maybe supposed to be more rambunctious ad clearing as well as feeding super energy and then that super energy can be traded for power bricks maybe code of the missiles executions not supposed to match the other the other supers you're not necessarily supposed to be using thunder crash against the boss Maybe, as like a last minute, oh, damage phase is almost over, I'm going to launch myself over there, hit him, and then get out of dodge. Kind of like with Blade Barrage. Blade Barrage isn't necessarily god-tier damage on a boss, but if you're constantly throwing knife trick and playing with fire is procking and hands-on is procking, you're getting the 50% super animation, heavy bricks everywhere, that might be the pinnacle use of of that super i think sometimes again we think we think in a lane it's like this is the lane we think on this is the spectrum trash ads majors you know mini boss boss and you're working to that spectrum so it's like i'm shooting the trash ads with my primary i'm using my 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 shotgun on the majors and the shield and enemies here comes the boss now it's time for me to use my super and my heavy do you see you're like you're on this you're on this linear journey through the fight trash ads mini bosses majors mechanics boss and so it's like primary secondary heavy super at the same time what if it's more of a song and dance what if again your super energy again cashing in your super energy for heavy there's there's more of a there's more of a tango going on you're utilizing your strengths in different ways number one wouldn't that be more exciting and number two wouldn't that be more dynamic because everybody's doing that it's kill everything hold on to your heavy hold on to your super here comes the boss tether well heavy 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 like it's just heavy ammo and supers are just kind of like a sit on your hands 
don't use it don't use it don't use it now use it the game is heavily designed like that right but again lord jackalope what if the journey getting there is different for everybody now because you can buff your your thunder crash build with ballistic slam hands on and skull fort you can buff your your ophidious space way of a thousand cuts hand on hands on like finishing move you again see the journey to get to damage would be changed then i happen to think sitting on super and heavy and then just dumping that into the boss is just so it's just boring that's why i loved using way of a thousand cuts in ophidious space because i feel like i'm doing something unique that feeds my super I don't know. That's my hope. My hope is that when you go into a fight, you have your bubble, you have your well and your tether, but there's room there for people to do other things. And when you go into a strike, you hopefully that's more meat and potatoes content. You shouldn't feel the need to be like, I have to run bubble and a well and a tether. Um, So Ophidia with brawler. Oh my gosh. It's so freaking fun. Every time I run that people are like, how is he throwing his knives constantly? Like they're like, how is he doing (laughs) that? freaking Genji man the food man do you think 900 auto rivals are making a return I have no idea brother Z speed do you think the Luna faction and barricade nurse was too harsh nope I think it was totally fine it needed to happen Chris there are raids uh, they say raids are done by a few of the player base what do you think about raids being a separate thing you have to download if you want to do them this could be a way to save space yeah but how do you save space for the people downloading it homie how do you, what what do I what am I doing when I download it? What am I deleting? I, I guess you could say if you want to download the new raid, you gotta delete Leviathan, and if you want to download Leviathan, you gotta delete the new raid. I don't know if it's as easy as that. I don't know if it's as siloed as that to just let me like trade raids for raids. I, I don't know. It doesn't necessarily solve the problem. It sounds good on paper, but it might create create more problems than it solves. Uh J Town. Do you think Bungie will stall on content and give new light players a chance to catch up? With these new players have more influence on the future. New players don't have to catch up. Everybody's 750 at launch. Uh, Flying Mangoes. Don't you think that some of these nerfs are justified given Armor 2.0 system and all the potential builds coming, uh, the game breaking? That's literally what my video was about. Maybe you weren't here. Death Starfish. Lono, what character are you going to main when Shadowkeep drops? No clue. I got to talk to my raid team and who I should try to level up. Um, I was thinking of running Titan just as a throwback to like have bubble in the raid because I kind of miss doing that in Taken King in King's Fall uh, Glitching with regards to nerfs do you think that the one-two punch liars handshake combo is broken it is a build that I love and a lot of people have seen people one phase raid bosses with it however it takes a lot to set up and could you think it'd be killed off if you get swarm before the combination blow it's going to get nerfed um, we literally outlined almost every single raid boss in existence this morning and Liar's Handshake 1-2 Punch breaks every fight, almost almost every fight. I love it, it's fun, but <laughs> it's absurd and they gotta figure out a way to, t- to tango with it because it, it does. It, 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 you could take it into any raid fight from D1 and D2 for the most part, and it, except for like Oryx, it would break almost every fight. Um, wavy Miles. I think Bungie will regret stating that they want the game to be more of an RPG designed for hardcore players. I think players will point at this in the future, asking for more hardcore game than Bungie will ever make. Uh, I don't agree with that. Um, 
Brian the Heathen, why not reset everything down to 100 or even 0? 1,000 sounds ridiculous because they don't want to take your power away. If they take your power away, there needs to be actually a reason behind it, not just to like, oh, just because. So they don't want to take everybody's hard work to get to 750 away from them. McCheshire, based on how seasons are originally described as endgame content, will the season activities be locked until shortly after Shadowkeep launch? No, I think they're going to use difficulty spectrum. Competitive Rumble, I, it'd be cool, I guess. X-Mank, do you think flinching and recoil patterns on console are a big issue? Yep, they need to standardize recoil and bloom. Uh, Qualit Gaming, I'm considering buying this game on Steam. Is it too late for someone to get into the game now? Absolutely not. You can get all of year one and year two. Starting on October 1st, you can get it all for 25 bucks. Year one is free. Year two is $25. Year three is $60. Um, great value. You can jump in right as, right as soon as it starts. They've ruined a lot of those barriers. Ascended Degenerate. What's the point of nerfing Wells damage buff if you're just going to add an easy way to apply the same buff with bubble? Diversity, moving of the player. Uh, more more players are moving. It's easier to make mistakes and blow each other up. Uh, Vog, anybody? Samurai Jackson. What do you think about hunters still having sealed Ahamkara's grass with burning knives and smoke grenades? I don't have an opinion on that because I don't know what you're driving at. Uh, Allsack says, sorry this is off topic, but if I haven't played in eight months and I'm going back into it before the update, what should I farm? Enhancement cores and glimmer and materials. McCheshire, this might be a little far-fetched, but can you see the damage of weapons being lowered in comparison to weapons presently when they implement the damage number crunch? I have no idea how they're going to do that. Didn't they say that damage numbers were going to show up differently? We were still going to be doing the same amount of damage. I forget how he outlined this. To, to eliminate the 999s. They're going to do something. They're going to do something, yes. I forget how they outline this. He's saying hunters will have instant reload. Oh gosh. Uh, Vanilla Waffa. Do you think that making DPS phases against bosses more diverse by requiring more movement to avoid camping in wells and bubbles is a good idea? I 100% this is a good idea. We need to channel orcs fights and axis fights. We need to sh- we need to channel the spirit of those fights. Evil the Waffler. Uh, this might be hard to answer, but I've noticed that year one weapons don't have stats compared to year two. Example, Crimson versus Ace of Spades. Is this a thing? Do you see stats being better in year in year three? It'll be another soft push to get the new weapons. I, I don't know what you're talking about. The stats are there in dim. I can look at stats for everything from year one. I don't know what you're actually saying here. Um, there's, there's not an absence of stats on stuff from year two or year one. There's just no random rolls. Uh, Hetrovono, do you believe we'll have a way to buff class ability regen? It's odd that we will be not be able to speed that up, but everything else will be still possible. Um, yeah, because you have recovery, resilience, and what do we have? And mobility, and then you have intellect, discipline, strength. Yeah, class ability buffs will probably come from mods, or yeah, probably come from mods. I didn't think about that. Stats on guns for year two are better than year one. That seems subjective. I don't know if that's accurate, Evil the Waffler. I don't know if base stats... I don't know if that's true. That seems grossly blanketed across the base. I don't think that's true with respect to things like the um, the hand cannon from Leviathan. Frick. Midnight Coup. Yeah, I don't... Midnight Coup. The the Antiope. The Antiope. Um, the Mananan. I don't know if that's actually true. Inaugural address? Yeah, I think there's a lot of guns that are from year one that have fine base stats. Uh, Pikachu. Not on topic, but will weapons on premium or free season passbook have random perks for every player or fixed? 
Uh, and if they're random, could that be a system in place to go over 100 levels and repeat the rewards afterwards? They will not have random. Uh, they did say they did say that armor would have static stats for everybody, and if you want better stats, you can grind for better stats by grinding the activities they come from. Light Leap. Listen to the conversation about armor the other day. Uh, and the discussion about D1 versus D2 armor. Don't you think that people who are saying that D2 armor doesn't compare to D1 don't mean the objective quality of the armor, but the fact that D1 armor was more in line with the Space Warrior theme? D2 is more goofy in a lot of places. Warlock robes and Titan shoulders, particularly in year one of D2. I don't agree with this. No, I don't. When I go in and I look at what I can look like right now, whether it's Liar's Handshake, Bladesmith Memory, Shadow's Mat, any of the stuff from Crown... I completely disagree with the notion that the armor is bad now. You can prefer armor from D1, but if you ignore Age of Triumph, a lot of the armor from D1 was very plain. It wasn't as intricate. Yes, they can apply more textures now, but even if you ignore textures, the, the armor now is more intricate. There's more pieces. There's more There's more detail. Um, I just I don't agree with this. I think you could even probably compare armor side by side and just add up the intricacies and the detail, and D2 just would would potentially win now preference sure d1 looks better than d2 i don't know man d2 armor has so much intricacies you can you can literally just look at the hunter and just look at this chess piece and the different the different intricacies here now again textures they can apply more textures okay but again you have so much down here in the in the stomach area, the chest area, all the little flourishes along the way on the top. I I just don't think so. I don't think D I don't think D1 had the level of intricacy on this helmet, the little details on the side, the wiring underneath, this section with like the little carved out piece, like this, the eyes, like I'm telling you, I, I the armor in D1 was awesome, don't get me wrong, but the intricacies and the level of detail now I really don't think there's a comparison. I don't. I just... I know we're looking at Age of Triumph and we see the Crota armor and we see the King's Fall armor and we lose our freaking minds, but outside of those sets, I don't know if you can really say that D2 is worse. Warlock D2 doesn't come close to D1. It's just so subjective. It's such a pointless debate. It's so pointless. I look at my Warlock. When I load up my Warlock... And I put on all the different things I like running on my Warlock. I don't feel like he looks inferior to my D1 Warlock. And I ran a D1 Warlock a lot. I ran him all the time. I loved him in Wrath. I mean, the, the, the helmets that I can wear, like the backside of this, the side things, the front part on this Shadow's Mind. And then you, you look at the, the, the Hood of the Great Hunt. Super ornate, unique looking. The, I love the Ancient Apocalypse stuff too. Ancient Apocalypse stuff, especially once you start applying shaders, it gets really, really cool. It's really, really cool. I just, I, I don't know. I can't look at this armor and say with a straight face that like, oh yeah, dude, the D1 armor was so much better, so much more intricate, because it just wasn't. Again, this is subjective. It just, I, I'm kind of, I think I'm gonna skip these questions from now on. Truly, we've gone the gamut. We've gone the gamut. I'm not going to persuade you if you think D1 armor looks better. This is kind of pointless at this point. We've gone round and round on this. I'm never going to persuade you. I think they're equal, and in some respects, D2 is better because there's more intricacies, more detail, and more texture. And we have more personalization with shaders. So that's why I think D2 pulls ahead. I think they're really close, but I think D2 pulls ahead. And it's pointless. It's just pointless. 
people are like, D2 is so far behind. Oh, okay, I, I, cool, I guess. Then what What attributes of D1 armor do you want to drag forward? What attributes? Ignore Age of Triumph. Talk about the three years we were in D1. What do you want to bring forward from D1 that's missing right now? That would be my question, I guess. Harry says, do you ever, <coughs> excuse me, do you ever see Bungie adding Horde slash Alliance aspect to Destiny? Aldrin could take his rightful place as Hunter Vanguard and tear the tower apart. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe in the future if they really want to dig into MMORPG, but right now I don't think so, Harry. I don't think they want to make people commit that long-term to something. They did it with the, dr- the Drifter, and it was like kind of like a joke. Starless Knight. I think in the in order to increase sniper lethality, they need to spray They need spray and play for PvE. Remember X, uh, machine, X Machina from Wrath? How to add a unique perk to give you an extra bullet, faster reload. Not a question. Skipping. Uh, Rabid Russian, do you believe it's an issue with god roll legendaries are often more desirable than exotics? Uh, yeah, so are pinnacles in some respects, but that's more of a problem with exotics. Exotics are getting tuned this week. We'll hear what they're going to do. Respect pizza. I do. Do you think exotics need to go back to having more than one in the mag? Oh, rockets. I'm sorry. Do you think rockets? Yes, 100%. Make their base reload faster. Put two in the mag. They got to be able to compete with grenade launchers. They'll probably need another damage pass too. McIntyre, what is your opinion on the Luna nerf? Does loaded question and, uh... Luna nerf does the loaded question. Do you think they should rework the mag? Loaded question needs completely retuned. I agree that like the only, but here's the problem. Okay. Loaded question is needs help outside of Luna faction. It's, it's a good, it's a good, I just, I think it should probably have backup plan. I don't know. I don't want to debate loaded question. People try and rip me a new one in my YouTube comments about this guy's an idiot. Loaded questions always been good cool man keep using it and like barrel stuffing with shotguns is a thousand times more effective so okay use your loaded question I don't care with Luna factions it's really strong yes that's contextual a pinnacle should not be relegated to leaning on an exotic in one particular class of the game it should be good out of the box and I know it's good since the buff but in general I just I don't know it doesn't and here's a problem Rapid fire shotguns are like hand cannons. They do what a mid tier weapon's supposed to do better than basically all other mid tier weapons. Put on your Badlander, put on your Icolos, put on your threat level, and it's just going to outperform your loaded question. I can I can do what you're doing just as fast, and I don't have to put the weapon away. I can keep going if I need to. You kind of have to put the weapon away <laughs> with the loaded question. I I don't know. I just shotguns are like hand cannons. They're so good at mid tier. They're so freaking good at mid tier. I just I don't know what they're gonna ever do to make fusions compete, other than make rapid fires visceral, and then loaded question give it backup plan. Um, Even that, you're only gonna get off those two shots. It still would be rough. It has more range than shotties. Loaded question's fine. It just doesn't feel pinnacle to me, especially considering it's at its best. When it has to lean on an exotic. Luna faction. Risky or a barricade. Risky finds. What class do you think will reign supreme for raids? No idea. Uh, Pikadu. Forsaken was 40. Shadowkeep 35. Forsaken brought 3 to 4 exotic armor priests per class. Shadowkeep's only 1 per class. I'm not usually the negative one, but I do feel worried about the amount of content coming compared to year 2. Um, I, I don't know what to tell you. Forsaken was a needed... We were like, I've made this argument before. If a football team needs to literally have a Hail Mary to win the game and they're about to be safetied, 
They need a 100-yard play. Forsaken needed to be a 100-yard play. I think right now, we need like a 50-yard play. And I feel like Shadowkeep looks like a good, solid 50-yard play. You know? Sports ball! But I, I, I don't know. We needed more, like, basically, Destiny 2 needed saved. They were about they they were the football team about to be safetyed, and they needed the hundred yard play. They needed Bo Jackson and Super Tech Mobile to literally just break through everybody and run the entire run the ball back all hundred yards. You know what I'm saying? They needed the hundred yard play. Right now, we need a solid fifty yard play. They're self published. They got to add to the game. Not only are they adding to the game, they're adding quality of life. You know, th- there's there's more going on than just here's content. So. Zay Walker, Lono, I can appreciate your enthusiasm for the new light players. The nerfs mean nothing. Uh, many of my new friends playing because of how weak. Many of my friends stopped playing because of how weak we felt in D two year one. Do you think these nerfs will turn players like that away who were on the fence about coming back? No, no. Listen, the only people that are really feeling this are established hardcore burning players, bake players. Dante Norris, thank you so much for two months of subs. Mike Crow, I missed your twelve month resub. Thank you. That's a whole year. That's a red badge. If you stopped playing because we felt weak in D2 year one, how can you honestly look at Armor 2.0 and everything coming with the artifact and finisher moves and everything that we can do right now and say, oh man, I'm going to feel weak because I can't shoot a grenade launcher nonstop in a well of radiance when I'm invincible. What? If they've not been playing, they don't know what it's like to melt a boss with zero thought. I just, I don't, I don't think so. Double primary sucked. Random, lack of random rolls sucked. We were weak. All of our supers were weak. Like, I don't think anybody's going to come back and be like, you know what? D2, year one, I felt really weak. But, eh, this whole having to reload my grenade launcher thing is for the birds. I should be able to sit here and just shoot until I'm empty. I just don't think so. I think this is a phantom fear. I don't think anybody's going to come back to the game that left and be like, well, you know, I watched these guys bake bosses by basically just holding down the button like boom, 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 and they didn't have to even think about it. I really wanted to do that. Power is best felt when we are challenged and have an impact over our loadout. And what we've been doing for the last six months is not an expression of power. It's an expression of absurd, thoughtless damage phases. Blader Magician. With the only difference between well and well of uh, weapons of light being 10% damage, do you think people's nostalgia is diluting logic? What does the bubble bring to the table other than 10%? Well, of Radiance doesn't. Armor of Light, Helm of Saint 14, uh, a natural barrier to block shots uh, from the boss. So, you know, it, given the right burns and the right encounters, Well of Radiance might not be strong enough. So... You know, I, I think I think I think bubble gives you more damage and potentially more utility if used properly. You put it in the right spot, and it's going to block the flow of ads. If you're running Helm of Saint 14 when you're inside, you get that you get the armor. Um, and like what Zero V7 is saying, 10% is a lot on six players. If you add that up, whatever each person gets, you know, if I'm doing if I'm doing 100 damage, let's just make the math really really easy. If I'm doing a hundred damage with with Well of Radiance, but then you drop your bubble, that means I get an extra ten percent. I'm a, it's a hundred and ten percent. Okay, take that extra ten percent and multiply it by six. Like that's like another person doing damage, almost. It's six people getting a ten percent buff to their damage. 
high, a high, you know, higher. Like that's sixty percent. That's almost another person. Like that's that's I don't know. That's a lot of damage. <laughs> you can't understate that. Ten percent is negligible. I completely disagree with you. I just in a raid race. If you're spe- if you're speed running, you think ten percent is negligible when spread across six people? You only have so many grenades. You only have so many rockets. And if I'm tacking on ten percent, like. If I'm shooting, if let's just say rockets become meta, just make it real easy. Rockets become meta. That's six rockets. That's 36 rockets total if the whole team empties their rockets. That's 10% damage on top of 36 individual rockets hitting. That means every time we're hitting, we're getting that buff. I just, I, I don't see how you like that's negligible. If you're min-maxing, it'll be needed. It's not even about min-maxing. If you're trying to two-phase, it could be the difference between a two-phase and a three-phase, which is significant in World's First Races. The minute you can get that damage bar down to that 50% region, that's when you're like, oh my gosh, we might be able to... We, we're we're, we're going to win this, right? We're, you know, we're going to win this. Mr. Anderson, do you think the way the new armor works and the artifact works, Bungie is making the game too complicated for younger players and some older players? No, I don't think so. Uh, with the incoming well nerf, says Disparaging Turtle, will Ursa Exotic plus Bubble Titan be the new well? Um, due to the weapons of light buff. Well, Ursa... Does does Ursa apply to the bubble? I thought Ursa applied to you putting up the, the, the shield. Uh, does Ursa, Fur- Ursa Furiosa doesn't apply to the wet to the bubble? Um, I don't know. I I don't think Saint fourteen is blessing. Saint fourteen uh d- also makes everything blind that walks into it. Yeah, Ursa's not going to be meta on top of Bubble Titan. Um. I'm dat dude. Do you think with all the nerfs to damage stacking and everything, old content like Menagerie will become harder? Nope, they already nerfed Menagerie. We already answered that question. You might not have been here. Zormanis. Do you think we will ever see an LFG system in the game versus needing to leave the game? I would love in-game LFG. I think it should replace guided games. Tucci. Do you think the overall narrative of Destiny will ever help drive the content adjustments? The Destiny 1 tower destruction naturally led you to move to Destiny 2 and new content, new guns. What can an awakened traveler offer Guardians now? I don't know, dude. I, you know, I think resets are valuable. I don't think you need to tie it to story every time. Uh, Naramon. Do you think Sleeper needs a buff of some kind to come back into the meta? I... Maybe. Linear fusions are in a weird spot. That's the only one worth using, and even it doesn't really compete. It's still good, but it just doesn't compete. Darth Moles. If more expansions focus on cosmic horror, do you think more locations such as Nessus will receive a new look? I have no clue, man. You guys are asking for wild speculation about stuff that's not even been announced. X-Men. Will we ever see cross-play? If so, recoil and FOV is something that seriously needs to be addressed. Maybe even having sensitivity separate from ADS sensitivity. Uh, I know they want to do cross-play. It's not in the cards right now. If they did cross-play, do it like Fortnite. It's only cross-play if you blend your own lobby. And then you know what you're signing up for. I am Janko. Even if they mess with recoil, I mean, you're still, you're still going to face mouse and keyboard players that might be able to push advantages with angles and shotguns and snap aim. Do you think that they should implement leveling up system for all the armor in the game including blue and green like Solstice? It would make more variety. Uh, We've argued for this in raids and certain activities but I don't want the entire game to be that way. 
Uh, Estonio, do you think Radiance Well should disappear if the caster dies like the bubble does? Sure, but I don't think it would make much of a difference. Dr. Bad Llama. D2 has pivoted back to aspects of D1 and then iterated. Do you think Bungie will include the stuff they're doing now in a future game or make the same mistakes? What would your three lessons learned be for them? Uh, The value... um, It's not... It's 10% not 60. 10% is nothing. Blader, I appreciate the fact that you're really holding the line here. But if six people all get a 10% buff um that that's 6 times 10 so it it's additive it's not multiplicative but it's still you're adding up 10% on all 6 of those people like i we could get out a calculator i guess and really crunch it and show you how 6 people getting a 10% damage buff is actually like really really good um if six people are going to pay me $100 and they all decide to increase their payment by 10%, that's that's $600 and then an extra 60 bucks, which is which is which is which is additive, right? It's still 10%, but it's still additive. That's still $60. It's not just a one time like $10 from one of them. It's from all of them. It's additive, okay? But it's still that additive difference is is, is huge. Why? Because an extra $60 is almost like a whole nother hundred. It's close to being a whole nother hundred dollars. It's like almost like another person doing damage. Your math is off. If six people give me a hundred dollars, that's $600. If they all decide to give me an extra 10%, that's $60 on top of 600. 60 is an additional 60 damage, not six. Right. It's, it's 10%. That's what I said. It, it's an extra 60 bucks. It's 10% of 600. So he's right. It's always 10%. It's additive. You add up the each individual 10%. Okay. You said 60. Okay. Initially I said it's like 60%. I misspoke. If you're going to freaking split that hair for the next 20 minutes in my chat during Q&A, then I guess that's your choice. That seems really stupid to me. Like... Are we really going to split hairs about me like misspeaking 20 minutes ago? For frick's sake, I said near the end of it, it's like another person's damage. It's 60, so it's like an- it's almost like another person doing damage cuz it's almost another 100. It's almost another $100 check. It's additive. It adds up. It's good for speed running. Gee, freaking Christmas. KJ, uh, KJ Donahoe, do you think that after the raid, Shadowkeep will possibly become underwhelming to active players? Do you think after the raid, Shadowkeep will become underwhelming? What? This isn't even a question. What do you mean? Why? Um, T Vance, do you think they should buff Graviton Forfeit uh, after the nerf to Spectral Blades? I don't have an opinion on this. Kzank, do you think Bungie will address the revive token mechanic on raids, possibly in sandbox changes? I watched your vid on it. I'm really hopeful for this change. I don't know, dude. I don't even know if they're ever going to ever decide to, to do anything to the tokens. I really, really don't like the token system. I don't like the timer system, but I don't know if they're going to do it because a lot of the old raids are really designed about it. Designed around it. You know what I mean? So... 
barely half of one person you know that 60 is higher than 50 so it's not barely half it's more than half but again you know you're splitting hairs so i'm gonna do the same to your semantics uh oscillation besides all the negative attitudes towards shadow keep what is your favorite thing being added to the game love your channel but i love all the negative attitudes shadow keep what's your favorite thing being added to the game i like the i like the seasonal the seasonal progression i think it's a really smart change uh the wise guru uh, the wise guru says, "What do you think will be meta in Shadowkeep for Hunter with the nerfs to reloads as the extra damage, still providing the bonus, or maybe Spike? I honestly don't know. I think Tether's going to be very, very common. I think Tether's going to be very, very common because it's a, it's it's going to be a, a universal debuff from far away, right? Universal debuff from far away, and it applies to heavy uh, ammo now. So." Sci Fireman, do you think the raid LFG will become more toxic for lower skilled players since bosses are less likely to be one phased? Do you think the LFG will become more toxic for lower skilled players? Bosses are less likely to be one phased. I don't honestly know. Listen, if people are, let's just imagine there's like a level of toxicity right now on LFG. Let's say that toxicity is at like a 20. It's 20%. You know, I know, I know math is really triggering chat this morning, but if if 20% of your engagements on LFG are toxic, that's our toxicity level, is less one phase is going to increase that toxicity? I don't know. People that are toxic right now are probably going to continue to be toxic. I don't think people that aren't toxic and that like to use LFG and like to raid are suddenly going to become toxic. You know? So. Octane, do you think the small... Uh, do you think the smell... Oh, gosh. We're letting dumb questions get in. Uh, can we get a perma on Octane, please? Um, do you believe there will be a use for sealed Ahamkara's grass in the next meta, seeing it can auto-reload? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I just don't know if people are going to pivot to that exotic specifically just so they can, like, always reload. I just don't think so. Quick re... you got to understand. Quick reload... Quick reload is going to be... I, I still think people aren't going to be like, oh my gosh, our damage phases are terrible now. Right? If you can reload quickly, then that's like... I think that is going to be hugely influential, right? It's going to be hugely influential. So, I, I think I think people are really overstating what's going to happen when we, when we allow for... Oh, you can't auto reload all the time. You just, you just, you know, you're just fast to reload. So I'm going to end Q and a, cause I think people are being combative and also kind of douchey in chat. So I'm not going to let just a couple of people ruin it. Cause I don't think they have power. Um, and I'm not going to give them power. So I'm going to cut this. Uh, we're going to keep talking and discussing, but those of you listening in other places, whether it's Spotify, YouTube, thank you for doing that. There's a link below. If you want to come hang out live, twitch.tv slash rage, as always, please like share and subscribe.